You're listening to another episode of Total Talk Nonsense with John and Scott. All right, Total Talk Nonsense with John and Scott. I'm John. And I'm Scott. And this is episode 281, Scott. That's right, John. Episode 281. We missed last week. I can't even remember why. And then we almost missed this week because you got a new dog. Yeah. But we'll get to that. We have a lot to talk about. I have One Direction to talk about, John, That you've, the boy band. You know what I'm talking about, One Direction? Yeah. Uh, Vegas. I went to Vegas. You have gigs to talk about. You have a new dog to talk about. You saw some movies. Yeah. Um, also, we have a little bit of TTN news, and then we just gonna we're gonna cover some some current events, and then we'll get into our our format there, John. Movies, celebrities, science, religion. I thought I had politics. Yes, politics. no doubt. If we can get to all of that stuff, we got a lot to get to. Damn, Waterbelby. Now, before we get to that, John, uh, yeah. if we were to do the show on Monday, but we didn't, you told me that Amber was going to be here? Possibly? No, no, not this last Monday. Not this last Monday, but the prior the Monday. Pr- previous Monday, the previous and then it was going to be Wednesday. I see. And uh, what was wrong with me Wednesday? We couldn't get our shit together. I was texting you like I was freaking out or something. Yes, there was some freak out on your end. A freak out. And then you texted me this, uh, um, I think before I went to Vegas, you texted me a picture of a dog. Yeah. And then that dog, you went and acquired that dog from a shelter, John. So that's exciting. A new dog. (laughs) How exciting. Can't wait to hear about that. Uh, Let's see. What, what, What did I say to you? Let's, I don't know. let's check my my texts back and forth with you. All right, John is checking his texts. <laughs> uh you said you said are we still on? I said you could come over because I feel bad about it. Oh no, wait a minute! It goes even further back. Podcast tonight, and I said no doubt. And it was earlier in the day. That was like two o'clock, and then uh, I said we're gonna have to play it by ear tonight. That was around six fifty-three. Uh, feeling nauseous and have a pretty nasty headache. I'm a pussy, and you say say what now? And I go what? And you say your last message to me read, "I'm a pussy." <laughs> Yes, I am. Are we still on? I said, you could come over because I feel bad about it, but I might not be able to make it through the cast. Heart skipping a beat every five minutes, stressed out because of the nausea or nauseous because of the stress. No worries. I'm going to Vegas tomorrow. I don't need to come over. About the podcast? What? Yeah, feel bad about the podcast. Are you stressed about the podcast? Are you stressed about the podcast? There you go with your echoing again. No. Are you stressed about the podcast? <laughs> three times. No. Started at three during lunch. Started choking on a French fry. Thought I was having a heart attack. Heart was racing for two hours. The nausea and headache. Headache is gone but still a little nauseous and PVCs. It sucks. BP was high, now normal, and heart rate is down. 
He said, just relax. We'll pick it back up next week. I said, I need a fucking psychiatrist. And then I didn't hear from you until I texted you, dude, how is Vegas? Are you still alive? Because I saw there was floods and all this shit. Sent you a picture of my dog. And then you didn't even get back to me till Monday. And that was Saturday or Friday and Sunday. Monday, you finally got back to me. I'll tell you why. Uh, there's a story around that, John. Yeah, so then the whole time I'm I'm texting you, I'm texting Amber because she was going to come over here for the show and then pick up Jeff from the airport right after. So we had some major texting going on back and forth. Um. And she was telling me uh, certain, oh, she was telling me she was a nude model. Uh, seriously, I'm trying, wondering what wearing clothes is anymore. Um, so we went back and forth, and then she started telling me what drugs I should be taking. Like was, recreationally? No. Uh, it was funny. We had this this barbecue on the 4th of July and we started comparing notes apparently everybody that I know is on some sort of an antidepressant yeah you mentioned that on one of the podcasts (laughs) right I didn't know which one it was and then she mentioned one called Lexapro and I said somebody else had been talking to you know mentioning what they're taking and um and I thought, well, what the fuck? Instead of taking a Xanax all the time, which just kind of works for a little while, maybe I should get something that works all day. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, I feel really demotivated. You know, I just don't want to do a lot of shit anymore. Like at work, yeah, around the house, yeah, yeah. Which is bad. You know, I mean, I uh, like today. I did. I did. You know, wax the car. When the wife was away in uh, Arizona, I did all this work around the house. Um, but, you know, some days I just don't want to fucking even get out of bed. It's, it's not just, bad, John. It's not bad. You know why? Why? <laughs> because it's the mother of invention. What's that? Innovation. Laziness. Lazy. Non-motivation. Right. I wrote a blog post about it. Yeah, but I think it's it's more than that. You know, you know how I, I used to be a lot different. I think I think I was more. Uh, my wife even noticed it. She's like used to be way more. Uh, like I was more into stuff, being the class clown and all that. I don't think I'm as funny anymore. Um, well, we talked about serious. that too. We said yeah. our show is not as good as it used to be. <laughs> Maybe that's why. <laughs> Maybe that's why. Yeah, I got some sort of chemical imbalance going on. I don't know what it is. Blah, blah. Um, I'm broken, so I got to get fixed. So I don't know what that means. But uh, but I feel fine now, except for a backache. <laughs> it's go. always something. It's always something, isn't it? Backache, you know what? You muscular know? or kidney backache? I, no, it's... I think it's musculoskeletal because it seems like every time I wake up, you know, when you have the backache from kidney, it doesn't matter what you do, turn, lay sideways, whatever, it it, uh, hurts. Uh, When it's something to do with the muscles or something, 
you turn certain ways and it hurts, and then you can move a certain way and just sit there and, and then it doesn't hurt at all. So um, I'm pretty sure it's musculoskeletal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, having to do with my coccyx and maybe I have sciatica. I don't know. What's a what's a coccyx? It's the tailbone. The tailbone. Yeah, nice. I have a lot of pain. Did you uh, fall on your ass or something? Oh yeah, dude. I've I you don't know how many times I've fallen on my ass. How do you fall on your ass? Uh, once I got pushed off a garage roof, um, landed right on my ass. Hold on. <laughs> This is through yeah. the history of your life, not like within the last year. No, but I mean, I've, I actually fell down the back stairs a couple years ago. I remember you told a story about getting a bike and popping a wheelie yeah. and falling on your ass. Yeah. No, I, that time I didn't really, I caught myself. I didn't make it all the way to the ground. Ah. But what happened was I hyperextended my knee. So you know how like you flip the wheelie and then you catch yourself and one leg like bends normal and the other one bends the other way (laughs) abnormally that's what happened and i literally crawled dragging the bike to the front stairs and the kids are laughing they thought it was funny (laughs) family had it on video did they have smartphones at that time no could have recorded that that would have been great (laughs) I think it was my 40th birthday I bought that bike at um, REI. I spent a lot of dough on that bike. <laughs> I'm riding wheelies. I had a good one going, too. This big, fat, 300-pound guy riding. And, you know, instead of getting a bike with... I don't know why I was thinking of this, but most people buy, like, a comfort bike or they buy a bike with the kind of little bit of knobby tires for off-road. I buy this, like, hybrid road bike, so it's got the skinny tires. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> which is not really, it doesn't really look good with me on it. So I'm a little embarrassed to ride that bike around. As a matter of fact, the handlebars were so low that my thighs were hitting my belly as I was pedaling, and I didn't like it. So I had to, like, swing my legs out to the side I'm like, oh Jesus! I look so stupid. I finally got a um, a neck extender for the handlebars, so they're higher, mm-hmm. and it's it's much more comfortable now. But I just don't have anywhere to ride. Uh, Come with me. We go my, to ride in the well, bussy woods all the time. My kids don't ride their bikes. Nobody rides Come a bike. Come with me. My daughter and I just went oh, last you make night. Me throw up. You'll and have me riding 400 miles no. the first day. Come well, on, keep up. You'll be rollerblading. I'll be pedaling as fast as I can. Eight miles. Eight miles? It takes like 35 minutes. Oh, shoot. Come on. For for me to ride a bike eight miles? Yeah. Oh, dude. I rode my bike like four blocks, and I thought I was going to have a grabber. All right. Maybe we not better grabber. not do that. <laughs> not a grabber so much. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. An anxiety attack. No. Well, I don't know. I was out of saying. breath. <laughs> All right, John. So, Amber, I know she's leaving. She's moving yeah. to the UK. When is that happening? I think September. So, we got to get her in her before visa. she leaves because we yeah. still haven't talked to her about her Miami visit to see the TWW, right? Right. We haven't even talked to her about that. And then we got to catch up with all this burlesque. We got to find out why she's going to. 
uh, the UK. Yeah. Moving. <clears throat> right. Uh, I, I'm assuming it's for a man, John. My it other assumption is. is it's not for Pauly B. No, I don't. I don't think so. Well, one could argue that um, he doesn't meet the first requirement. What's that? She's leaving for a man. Oh, <laughs> all That's right, mean. then. Isn't oh, jeez, <laughs> dude. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, oh dude, so come on. Mean. What's your problem? Dude. Dude. Fuck that. Yeah. What was the line? I can't remember. You know, I was thinking what What's we could that? do is we can I uh be one of the biggest cocks on the planet. That uh that voicemail you got we can't talk about yet. What I was thinking is we can script it out and then I'll just uh we could do John and Scott theater. Yeah. Yeah, we could do that, right? And like, uh, give fake names to hide the uh, innocent, or whatever they say. Right. Whatever they say. Right. They say that. Yeah. So if we don't get permission, that's how we can handle it. We can do a John and Scott theater because John got this kick-ass voicemail that we we don't have permission to play yet. (laughs) (laughs) Right. There's a little Pauly B and Tony Hearn from Punky Radio, yeah. John. All right, John. Uh, in TTN News, the, not too much TTN News other than um, I found out about this through uh, the word whore. Yeah. Mediocre show. Oh, 500. Yeah. F- oh, did you see that? Yeah. 500. What are we on? 281? Yeah. We started well, at the pros. same time. They're all professional now. But we basically, we started at the same time as them, right? Yeah. However many fucking years Dude, ago. Dude, he, he's got like he's got like a big screen with their logo and he's all he's gone Red Bar Radio, man. He's all uh No, don't say that. He I know, that's not he fair. hasn't done that. I mean marketing wise, maybe he went Red Bar Radio, but he'll never be like No, he he went out and bought like this kick ass uh I mean, they even have a Wikipedia. We don't have a Wikipedia. <laughs> they got a Wikipedia on them. It's huge. It's like 13 pages. That's what we need. Why and don't we have a Wikipedia? We need an intern to yeah. help us with this shit. And Nobody wants to, to help us. Wikipedia page put together well, and index all of our shows. I gotta, you know, honestly, they work at it. I mean, they, they do stuff. They do live Right. We just show and, up and, <laughs> and turn the thing on What's and start talking. Hey, the, is the mic on? <laughs> oh, that reminds me. Is it recording? Oh, that would be, that would be yes, good. It's yes, it's recording. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, they they really work at it. I mean, you know, he went and did a whole freaking uh what do you call it? Uh, a whole studio. He's studio. got he's got like uh the real deal. He's got the real desks and everything. Yeah. And, and uh so yeah, they, they you got know, a great it, cast it, of it characters. It helps that he's a DJ too. They so. got the mediocre nation. Yeah. He's pretty artistic, really good photographer. They put together some great T-shirts. Um, but well, yeah, what's interesting to me is uh, when he started, he was a bachelor. Yeah. Now he's married. He's got kids. So yeah. he's a, a, not only a husband, but a father. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we start at the same time. They're on five, fucking 500. We're on 281. Well, you know why? It's because we have stories like, so 
you know, every time we do a podcast now, so why did we miss last week again? What? <laughs> <laughs> and they got beer glasses. We don't got nothing. We got coffee cups. You can get on cafeass.com. I mean. Well, that's the other thing. We don't do anything for promotion. And, you know, I was thinking about this today. I, I never look at my email anymore. <laughs> we don't have our Skype line working. I mean, it's almost impossible for our audience to get in contact with us. <laughs> What's happened to us? What's happened? Yes. We were the inspiration to all so, the other podcasts out there. Well, I don't know about that. But if we, if we invest, it, it, like if we prioritize our time, it's not about the episodes. Let's get the infrastructure straight. Yeah. Let's start reading emails again. <laughs> Let's get the Skype line working. Let's get the voicemail working. Let's connect. Let's allow our audience to connect with us directly. Um, I look at their website. I'm all jealous. I'm like, look at this shit, man. Well, even that. What the fuck? I redid our website how many years ago? <laughs> <laughs> And it's it's still in development. I haven't moved it to production yet, John. Right. And it's so cool. We got Twitter feeds. We got <laughs> chat. We got all this cool stuff. And it's sitting in development oh. because I'm like, yeah, I don't have time for that. All right. So let's let's make a vow. I'll get the website running. You get Skype running. Yeah. And then we'll start checking email again and see if... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Start connecting with yeah. our audience well, again. I, I've already started. I think uh, Eric tomorrow. I don't know how much he does on a Mac, but I know he uses a Mac. I've always seen him using a Mac. I now have a MacBook Pro, Scott. Nice, nice. I went out and I spent the dough and I bought a MacBook Pro. So, you know what else we got to do? We upgrade. Done in a long time. Remote. Have we ever done a remote? No. From your hospital, we did that one, remember? <laughs> right. But other than right. that, we should start doing remotes, man. Remotes. Right. That remotes. way we can connect. Right. All right, John. Well, moving on. That was TTN News. So uh, let me tell you about uh, what happened to me in my la- in the last two weeks. Two big, actually three big news stories for me. Uh, one is I went to the One Direction concert, John. How about that? <laughs> So this is a Good Sunday, for you. and uh, I go running in the morning, I come home, I do a couple of things, and then I look forward to my Sunday nap, <laughs> and I'm napping, and it's great. And when, before I take my nap, I'm like, when I get up from nap, I got nothing to do. I can just chill, we can maybe go see a movie, maybe watch something at home, whatever. Right. My nap gets abruptly uh, ended. And it's my daughter. She's like, Dad, you gotta you gotta take me and my friend to Tinley Park. I'm like, What? So uh, on the podcast I talked about <laughs> taking my daughter and her friends and my, my wife. Minute. She wakes you up from a nap. From a nap. Okay, to so say I, that. I'm digressing. So now let's go back a year All ago. Right. Uh, and I told the story on the podcast where I my wife and I um, put out the effort and so my daughter and her friends could meet One Direction at a bookstore right. in Old Orchard, Skokie. And uh, right after my daughter met One Direction, she's like, wasn't interested in them at all. 
But she, before this had happened, she had bought these tickets to this Tinley Park thing. And I remember when she bought the tickets, I'm like, this is like a year, more than a year from now. You might not even be interested in them. And she wasn't. She wasn't interested in them. But I don't know if she got an email or something that said, hey, the One Direction concert is tonight. So she comes and wakes me up. And I, I like to plan. I like to know what's going on. But it's it's no. It's the One Direction. They're starting at 7.30. It's like 3.30 right now. And you got to drive Jackie and, and me to Tinley Park. Which I've never been to. Have you ever been to the, uh, it's now like the first Midwest Bank Amphitheater. It's in Tinley Park. Yeah, a long time ago. It's like, it's kind of like yeah. what Poplar Creek used to be. There's an indoor section, an outdoor lawn section. It's not where Poplar Creek used to be. No, it's like what Poplar Creek oh, used what, to be. Oh, not okay, where what? It's, yeah, it's what? It's way the fuck out there, yeah, man. It's, it's, <laughs> it's like driving to Iowa. So I, I, I get dressed, I go downstairs... I, I get my Google Maps. I got everything. You know, I know where to go. I know a little bit about, about that area. And I know how I'm going to get there. But So we leave early, and I haven't eaten yet. And I'm like, well, I need to eat something. Hey, you kids, have you eaten? Uh, no. You know, uh, so we, we showed up in this place in Bloomingdale. I, I pulled off of uh, whatever, 88 or 355 or whatever the fuck we were on. And we find a uh, Johnny Rockets. John, you ever been to Johnny Rockets? Yeah. It's like that old 50s right. diner style. I was there with you and your wife and your cousin. When was that? No, oh, it was a long time ago. It was, it was at the Johnny Rockets, I think, at Old Orchard. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 So the girls want shakes. We're sitting outside. I get like a burger and some fries and... Uh, and I'm, I'm rechecking my maps, and I got my smartphone, and I'm looking at my map and making sure where I need to go. And this guy who serves us, I can tell he's a rocker, man. He's a ro- He's got the tats, he's got the earrings, and you can just tell. So I'm like, hey, dude, have you ever been to this Tinley Park, this Midwest? And he's like, oh, yeah, I go all the time, man. Dude, oh, yeah. I said, well, look, I, I've never been there, and, and I need to know about parking, and I need to know, you know, I, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go here, and I'm going to get off at Harlem, and I'm going to turn here and go there. He's like, oh, yeah, that's right. You should have no problem, dude. No problem. I go there all the time. Uh, for You know, he goes to these speed metal things or whatever. He's like, who are you seeing? Uh, well, I'm taking my daughter and her friend. We're going to go see, well, they're going to go see One Direction. Oh, dude. <laughs> You're fucked, dude. <laughs> the, oh, see, the shit that I go to, nobody goes to. Just, you know, it's, yeah. not, it's not crowded, but I've been to... I've been there when it's been crowded, and there's nobody directing traffic. Yeah, the parking lot is for shit. Here's what you need it's to do: it's all rocks, isn't you need, it? You need to leave right now to to go. And I'm like, all right. So then uh, I asked him a couple other questions. He went and got his manager, and his manager came out because he's gone there too. And so they're telling me Look, what I need to do. Listen. And I asked him this question. I said, hey. Is there is there any way I can like drop them off and come back and pick them up? <laughs> no, dude, you don't want to do that because if you drop them off and then the show ends, Tetanus. there is no fucking way you're gonna be yeah. able to pick them up. They gotta walk to the there's, street. There's it's like no miles directing traffic. No, I'm like, oh, jeez. Okay, all right. Hey, thanks. So uh, so you're like punch me in the fucking face, <laughs> right? So then uh, we get back in the car and we're driving, 
And uh, my daughter's got her iPod, and she's like the DJ the whole time. And she's not playing any One Direction. Yeah, right. I'm like, well, we're going to see One Direction. I, let's, I'm up for One Direction. Stop playing this other shit you're playing. Let's hear some <laughs> One Direction. I, yeah, I don't. I'm, she's not even into it. Oh, my God. So we, we're on, I can't remember what road we're on, but we have to exit on Harlem. And th- like three miles before the exit, the traffic is a parking lot. So to go those three miles, to go three now, how miles how many girls to exit, is the car? Just two. Two. I okay. just have two girls. Emma got a ticket for herself and one for a friend. So to go those three miles and to get into the theater uh, or the parking lot to drop them off took an hour and five minutes. Oh. I was going out of my mind because... Like three major <laughs> arteries, basically. Were you doing that rubbing your skull? Yes, yes. Oh, three do. major <laughs> traffic arteries go down to one fucking oh, lane. Oh, God. And there's not a policeman in sight oh. or a parking person to direct traffic in sight until you're actually inside the the theater or the park for where the theater is. So... I, I'm I'm going out of my fucking mind, and I see the sign that says drop off, and I'm like, look, I'm just going to drop you guys off. I got to get the fuck out of here, and I'll just come back before the show ends. So I'll, I'll my daughter has her phone, so I figure I'll just text her, and I'll try to get back before the show ends. So I drop them off. I get the fuck out of there, and I go back to Tinley Park. And there's like a band. Uh, there's like Tinley Park Fest going on. <laughs> I'm like, this is so cool. <laughs> So I'm at, hanging out at Tinley Park Fest. I get a text from my daughter. Dad, can we sell the tickets? Oh. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, uh, here's the deal. You can sell the tickets, but you have to, at a minimum, you have to get what you paid yeah. for. Because I just, you woke me up from my nap. I had to fucking drive and spend an hour and, a, and five minutes going three miles. So you, you, you better, are the best fucking dad. You better get fucking face ever. value. <laughs> yeah, you, you probably said... Damn Wetter Belby. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Damn Wetter Belby face value. Wetter Belby. So uh, I grab a beer. I'm watching a band. And the band was uh, pretty good. They played a lot. Well, I take that back. They weren't good. They were the really good guitar player. <laughs> but they played Rolling Stone songs. But the, the guy singing them, it was the like the exact opposite of Mick Jagger. <laughs> it was like Kermit the Frog <laughs> singing Rolling Stones. It was like Nick. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm drinking my beer. My phone. Uh, I get another text from my daughter. Here's the next question. Dad, there's a pregnant woman with her daughter, and they really want to go. Can I just give them the tickets? Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I swore, but I was like very direct. No Maybe I did, because <laughs> I can't. I can't think of how I would have said no, no fucking way. Fucking way. Are you selling or giving away those tickets? I mean, my whole Sunday evening. Yeah. So uh, she eventually goes. They get in and they sit down and and I keep asking them, "Are they on yet?" Because it was supposed to start at seven thirty, and there was no opening band. So I needed to know when they go on, and I figure they'll be on for an hour. I just have to run over there like with 45 minutes into it and I'll I'll beat all the traffic coming out and I'll be okay. So I they they don't go on till nine o'clock uh, and there's no opening <laughs> band. So the kids are sitting there for an hour and a half. Oh man. 
So, but I'm hanging out. I'm at. Uh, Just concerts are not like they used to be, man. They're not. They're such bullshit. It is bullshit. And who knows? I, I would if well, you, except for like Lollapalooza, and uh, maybe those are bad too. But my daughter wants to do, you know, Lollapalooza. What, what was it? her friend Keaton down the street, uh, and and his mom went to see uh, Pearl Jam on Friday while we had that fucking storm come through that ripped roofs off and everything, mm-hmm. um, and. As long as there was lightning, they weren't playing the show. So they stuck around, and they finally started the show. And Pearl Jam played till two a.m. at Wrigley. Wow! Yeah. Well, because they had a rain delay, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's fucking cool. Uh, but this, um, I ended up hanging out like behind, backstage. Uh, they had this outdoor By stage porta potty. Not by a porta potty. Um, well, you took a picture of one. I don't know why. I did take a picture. That's at the. That's back at Tinley Park. I took oh. that picture. Um, <laughs> Everyone I was fucking, confused. I had to fucking go in there. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> at One Direction, I'm in the. I'm at, like behind the first stage. guy in line at the shitter. That's pretty good. <laughs> So at Arlington, we'd play on that outdoor stage. Yeah. But they had it all draped off. Like, there was... The backstage was private. Yeah. This, they had an outdoor stage, but it was open. All four ends were open. So I'm, like, standing backstage. I'm standing behind the stage, just listening to the guys. And they had the monitors going, and it was it was a good mix. Um, And they played a lot of Stones. Yeah. So I'm back there, and there's some other old rockers there, you know, guys that are like my age, and you can tell that they played. You can't get no <laughs> satisfaction. And the guys on stage were our age. I can't remember the name of the band. I thought it was gay, though. Um, so at one point, <laughs> I said, Paint it black, you devil! No reaction hey, from yeah, the band. That's what security. But all you. the rockers, the uh, yeah! Yeah, they were like, yeah. So um, I keep texting my daughter, "What's going on? Give me the status." So they start playing. So I figure, okay, I'll go back. I'm going to go back. I want to make sure I get in there uh, before they end, and and I'm stuck, uh, not being able to get in. So I I come in. And the nice thing about it is there no there's no charge for parking. You don't have to pay anybody to park. Yeah. I can't imagine if you did, the line would be, uh, it would have took me two and a half <laughs> hours right. to go three miles. So I pull in. We got another one. Change for 20. I'm like in the, uh, some fucking cornfield in, in Indiana or something. <laughs> I'm so far away. So I, I got my windows down. And I, I'm uh, Bohemian Rhapsody was on the radio, so I had the radio kind of loud. You should have brought the iPad, rented a couple of movies. I I, I didn't have time. Do you to have prepare. Bluetooth in your car? I was uh, I was woken from a nap, and yeah. I I didn't have time. <laughs> I got to tell you what I what I have set up in my car for situations like that. I have the Bluetooth audio. I prop up the iPad on the da- on the steering wheel. And I get full surround sound in my car while I watch a movie while the kids do whatever the fuck they're going to do. Nice. That I don't want to be involved in. 
Well, just watch him through the window. It was a really <laughs> nice night. It was the weather was great. I, I pull in, I park. I'm like in the very fucking last lane. Um, if I back my car up ten feet, I'm in a cornfield. <laughs> uh, I got the windows down. Bohemian Rhapsody's on. I got the radio up. I'm listening to it. I'm checking my phone to see if I got any text. And the song ends, and the and they're going to play another song. So the DJ comes back on. So the song ends, and I hear this woman. Can you turn that down? It's <laughs> a little loud. <laughs> and I look over, and I'm like, "What?" This woman's like 15 feet away from me in her van. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll, yeah, I got it. I'll turn Scott it down. Scott Scott Will you do the fandango? And you're jumping around, air drumming. But I start looking around. I didn't notice this when I pulled in. I look around, and, every, and there's hundreds there's a head. of people. There's hundreds of heads in these cars. They don't want to be. Oh, you, you, man, I would. It wouldn't be me. My wife would do it. So I turn my radio down. I still have it on. I turn it down, and I'm I'm checking my smartphone, and I start texting my daughter. Hey, why don't you leave now? Leave now. We can get out of here. Um, and in the meantime, so she's at this concert. She's not into One Direction. Now she's seeing One Direction. Now she's totally back into One Direction. She's like, no way, Dad. Yeah, We're watching no the way. encore. And hey, oh, Niall, he's so fun. He's hot. He's so fun. What did he say? What did she say? Whatever. So she's... You uh, let her say she's. he's so fucking no, hot. No, that was just me. Um, so... <laughs> You lie. She's You're going lying on and on about you know it. I'm going to give you shit about it. I'll show you the text, goddammit. <laughs> so she's going on and on about how this is so great. And oh, oh, she starts texting me, Dad, find out where they're staying uh, and oh. then take us to their hotel. I'm like, I am not doing that. I'm <laughs> oh no, we're not. You are such a chump, man. Wake up, Dad. Hey, take us wherever we leave want. Leave now. Leave now. I keep hammering that message. Come home. on, leave now. James. <laughs> So I'm listening to my radio. Some other songs coming on. The radio's very low. Nobody else can hear it. And the woman who yelled at me, she's got like a uh, younger kid in the car. The kid starts going batshit crazy, like yelling and screaming. And he's not crying, but he's just making a lot of noise. And she's not shutting him up. <laughs> and so I figure, well, I'm going to walk up to, I'm going to go, I'm going to walk like a Why mile and a yell half. And say, hey, hold on. Can you turn hold, that right? Kid down. Yeah, all right. See, so you beat me to the punchline. Oh. So I figure I'm going to walk uh, a mile or two to, to the theater. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to try to convince them to come out. So uh, <laughs> I get out of my car and the yelling's going on and on. And I said exactly what you said. I'm like, hey, can you turn that kid down? <laughs> it's awful loud. So I, I left. I start walking. And then I'm thinking, oh, is she going to get out and fucking bash my car or something that was probably <laughs> dumb to say so i i walk and it takes forever i finally get there and did you have the fedora on um i don't think oh, so oh yeah i see, might have i'll have to ask yeah, my daughter mess with you with that so when's the last time you were there um man it was 20 years ago so i i don't know if they had this at the time melissa etheridge all oh, right right yeah uh, but there's like this 20 foot chain link fence, yeah, that surrounds it, and so you can get in there. But then there's the turnstiles to actually get in. You the can theater. like sneak in. It's like, it's like the if I saw people going over the fence and all kind of shit when I was there. Oh no no the the so the chain link fence gets you into 
not into the theater. You have to go through yeah. a, a turnstile, and right. and they had that shit kind of locked down, uh, where there was a turnstile, and they had like ten security guards around each entry point. So I walk in, and it's just it's filled with parents, and they're all walk. It's like a fucking zombie, like movie. zombies. They're all, they all got these thousand yard stairs, and they're all thinking the same thing I'm thinking. Oh God! Let this fucking end, please. I, I need to leave. I need to leave. And so there's, and they probably planned it all out too. They were they woken from a nap. No, they planned to be there. They're like, oh, talking about it for weeks. About oh, geez, we got to think of something. What are we going to do? Tailgate? Can we do this? Can here's do what, here's what probably happened. Like, hey, what? They drew straws. <laughs> you take her. <laughs> and the unlucky parent drew the the shit straw. And had to take yeah. the kids, and so there's um, for the people outside the actual before the the gates the turnstiles. There's like one outhouse every 200 yards. And there's these. I didn't take the picture of the line. I took the picture of after I've I've waited in the line, yeah. and then I took the picture because I had to take a piss, John. Yeah, but the whole time I'm texting. Come on, let's leave. If we leave now, we can beat the traffic. I tell you, if we get stuck in traffic, we're going to be home till 2 a.m. If we leave now, we'll get home by 11, 1130. Yeah, but we could sleep in the car, Dad. Yeah, and, and well, her friend was going to sleep over, too, and, and they really didn't care about that. So, I'm like, damn, I got I to gotta get out of here because I'm going to go. I'm already almost, I'm at the brink, John. <laughs> I'm... I'm at the <laughs> fucking brink. You're pacing. You're like manic. I had a woman yell at me. I yelled at her. I'm worried about my car. I'm at the brink. I can't handle traffic. And and I, it, if the Tinley Park Fest wasn't going on, it, that relaxed me. That was good. Yeah. I but I was still going out of my mind thinking about trying to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> So, uh, I came plan. up with this brilliant idea. Did that Emma, dog come down here? Here's my text. Emma, if you guys leave now, I'll get both of you the new One Direction album. We'll be right out. <laughs> <laughs> right on! <laughs> yeah! But the uh, her friend just had surgery on her foot, so she had this big boot thing. Oh, And I'm, like, parked two miles oh, away. Oh, <laughs> no. So... On one hand, I felt bad because I'm like trying to hustle them up. Let's go. Let's, let's go, go. Let's go. Up. Yeah. Jackie, how's your foot? Is your foot okay? Oh, my foot's fine. Are you sure? Do you, can I? No, they're fine. Yeah, they're she's kids. fine. Um, but in hustling up, like Emma and I got 50 yards ahead of Jackie and we're like, oh, hey, hold on. We should wait for Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> I get him in the car. I take off. And it was... Uh, I got on the express. There was no problem getting out, and I was just so <sighs> fucking relieved. So relieved. all that pain in your neck starts releasing, and it was nice. Yeah. It was nice. Now hold on, I recorded some of it. Let me uh, <laughs> recorded some of what? I recorded some of the One Direction concert oh. from my perspective, from my vantage point. Well, you got audio, but this. this what do you got the audio? Uh, my smartphone. Okay, so you're going to plug in? Yeah, I'm going to plug in. So you might want to mute me. All right. Um, so this, but the, the thing about this, uh, this fenced-in area, it reminded me of, you see District 9? You ever yeah. see that movie? 
where the aliens and they're all just kind of fucking unbelievably depressed and yeah. walking around this. That's what it was like. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see here. Okay, I'm plugging in. I'm plugged in. All right. I don't know if I have my volume up. Volume's up. Ready? Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and play this. This is my vantage point listening to One Direction. What state are you in? (laughs) I'm actually behind the stage so that most of the audio is going the other direction. Yeah. In one direction. In one... (laughs) (laughs) It was going in one direction. The opposite direction of the one that I was in. Yeah. But that's what it was like the the whole time I got out of my car and walked. This is what it was like. There was like this... Almost like the Beatles. That's the wave of... They can't hear a goddamn right. Well, the Beatles was was constant, but the Beatles only played for like thirty minutes and they would leave. So the screaming was when they started until they stopped. Yeah, this was I don't know what made them scream or didn't. Okay, you can mute me. <laughs> What's going on, man? <laughs> All right, I'm unplugging. I'm plugging into back into my PC because I have some audio for later, John. Nice. Audio for later. Audio for later. So they they get out. They we get in the car. We get home. We're home by like eleven uh, forty, and I was just so relieved. I was uh, the big weight off my shoulders because I didn't have to fucking. If if they if we didn't leave and and we got stuck stuck in that traffic, we we're just gonna sit in the car for <laughs> fucking hour and a half because I was not gonna. <laughs> Get in the line and right. go stop and go for however long. Waste all that gas. Yeah. Ugh, that sucks. But that was my nightmare. The The one uh, great thing, though, is I thought it was a great decision for me to leave, and I found Tinley Park Fest, John. Nice. Tinley Park fucking fest. Fucking How about that? Fucking fest. Oh, and I, before I got there, I stopped at some bar... And uh, they had bands. They had a band showing up. So I was asking the bartender, "Hey, so what's uh, you guys play us uh, uh, pay a straight fee? Do they charge cover? What do you do?" I don't know. We just pay them like four hundred bucks. Whoa! But that is a hike. Yeah. You guys wouldn't be interested in that. Yeah. Well, maybe. Um, it's easy in and out. It looked pretty easy. I don't know. Yeah. After that voicemail I got, <laughs> there might be very few gigs. Right. I mean, the one we can't talk about <laughs> yeah. yet. <laughs> yeah. So, so what I did uh, this past week, you did all that shit, and then you went to Vegas. Uh, my family's been working me relentlessly about getting a second dog and uh i finally gave in on sunday they now went, wait a minute hold on yeah. hold on you just gave me a ton of shit about being woken up and yeah i just my daughter snaps her fingers <laughs> and i yeah let's go i'll take him to tinley park and then you're telling 
basically the same story. No, there was no snapping the fingers and waking me up from a nap. This took a couple of years. Oh, they've been working yeah, you a couple of years. they've been working me And you finally years. gave in. All yeah. right, so the only difference is I gave in immediately. Oh, it took you a couple of years. And okay. I'm like, okay, fine. Here's what's going to happen. We'll go check the rescue places and you know they've been showing me dogs online look i want a Listen. lab again or something i don't know it's he's got to be like our dog our dog is so good uh you have the same problem you had such a great dog and to compare i mean my old dog demi who was a little mental was a great dog. He, she was so cool. She was, uh, albeit a little hyper. Um, Two problems with Demi. What's that? She jumped on you. Yeah, that was and bad. That was because we fucked up and didn't train her and right. And she ran. And she ran. But she'd come back. She learned my whistle. Yes, and she, she would, would come, come back, back eventually. Um, but um, so Max is been this great German Shepherd uh, Golden Retriever. He's a great dog. And he's a little nervous. He he doesn't socialize that great with other dogs, and that's another problem. We didn't do it that often. Um, and I said, look, if it's going to be a problem, this dog's going back. I don't want to you know deal with this shit. It's too stressful. Well, you're and getting your head of yourself, so you picked out a dog. No, no, you haven't picked out one. Oh, you yet. Should, you're still discussing. Yeah, him. we're still so discussing. So if we get a dog and he's an ass, we're yeah. taking him back. And you know, so we talked about it over dinner Friday night with Joe because what happened was Joe. And oh yeah, they got a, a dog, new addition, a new. John. So that's started the, the really laying the pressure on. I said, okay, fine, we'll just go look. They got to keep up with the Joes, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Joe, you know, they they got every one of their kids. They're Joe, Janelle. Every one of their kids' his name is has a J. Their dog is Jersey. <laughs> so all J's. <laughs> yeah, Janelle, I know you listen. <laughs> J's. <laughs> We're J family. Didn't the Duggars do that? They have like 20 kids. (laughs) Are there that many names that begin with D? Or I don't know. I don't know if they did it or not. Jeremiah? Or they did it with J's? I can't remember what they did it with, but they they did pick a letter and I think all their kids. Jesus names? Yeah. Um, So anyway, we, uh, that Sunday, they're like, well, we'll just go to this one shelter. Okay, so we go to this right whatever shelter. It's by your house. Right way rescue. Yeah, and we go in the place, and, and, and there's like 20 people in there. There's It's a small place. Uh, they had some dogs. Most of them were puppies. My wife didn't want to deal with a puppy. Uh, we saw a five-month-old dog and then uh, like a nine-year-old dog, and my wife got confused and thought I wanted to see the nine-year-old dog. And I said, no, I wanted to see the five-month-old. So well, we look at this dog, and he's a great dog, but he is just way too into everything. Um, And I'm thinking now, you know, maybe he wasn't such a bad choice, but I think he'd just really drive Max nuts. But I think he was young enough that he probably... Uh, you could mold him. We could mold him, you know. 
So I said no. So they're like, well, why don't we just go to Riverwoods and check out Orphans of the Storm? And I'm like, sure, no problem, because that place is nothing but pit bulls. So it'll be easy for me to say no to every fucking dog. What's wrong with pit bulls? I don't like pit bulls, man. The cool thing about pit bulls is they've... um They've been... Oh, how do I phrase this? They've been bred so that uh, the the pit bulls have been culled. The ones that, that are aggressive towards humans have been culled. So they're really, really nice to humans. Yeah, I'm sure they are. But they get very big, and, and we had one of your dogs over, dog sitting once, and he <laughs> crushed Max into the wall. <laughs> So we didn't want to get somebody. <laughs> that wasn't a pit bull, was it? No, your dog's a fucking Rottweiler. Right, right, right. The pit they bulls don't get are that big. pretty big. No, they don't. No, the ones that are over there are some of them are really big. But yeah, they were nice dogs. There was a bunch of nice dogs, and, I, and my wife doesn't want a pit bull either. Um, so uh, we see this one dog, and it's kind of like a shepherd. Uh, retriever mix and we take it for a walk and uh it right away attacks some small dog <laughs> while my daughter's walking them and she starts f- freaking out so i said okay enough of that so we saw another dog that looked like it said it was a shepherd mix it looked like it looked similar to my dog but a lot skinnier you know and the fur was not very furry it real short hair uh, so we took him out on the leash, and he was great. He walked real nice. He was a, probably a year old. Uh, we sat down on a bench. He just laid down and leaned up against our legs and and laid there and let the kids play with his ears and his paws and his tail. And as dogs walked by, he just ignored them. We asked what the history was. Oh, he came from Tennessee. We don't know. Um, he's only been here a couple of weeks. He's a sweet dog. He he's uh, interacts well with all the other dogs. And I said, okay. So my wife's like, what do you think? I said, okay. Here's can we can we bring our dog here to, you know, socialize him, see what happens. And they said, well, yeah, but we're closing in like an hour. You'll have to get back here right away. Uh. Otherwise, tomorrow, and my wife's like, well, how late you open? Well, they're only open till 5. She couldn't get out there in time. So, uh, supposedly, she couldn't get out there in time. So, it would be next Saturday. And then it's like, oh, he's so nice. And he'll be gone and blah, blah, blah. I said, okay, what? can we take him home and then bring him back, you know, for a couple days? They said, no. Uh, you can, but you have to have him neutered and all the shots paid for and all the shit. How much is it? I don't know. It was like 80 bucks or something. I said, okay, pay the 80 bucks. We'll get it done. We'll take them home. So we got to get them the next day. Well, conveniently, my wife is able to get off of work early to go pick them up on Monday. So I guess we could have brought the dog over to meet him before we uh, did all this. But, uh, he got his nuts snipped and all this stuff. And I said, here's what we're going to do. If it doesn't work out, we bring him back. And it's just a donation for this place called Orphans of the Storm. And 
And it makes him more adoptable. Yeah. Because he's, he's already He's already done. Right. So we bring him home. And how did it work out? It was great, right? <laughs> it was. It wasn't too bad at first. Max was really freaked out. He's trying to hump him the whole time. <laughs> um, and... Uh, <laughs> He's going to town. I mean, he'd be a foot away from the dog, and he'd start humping the air. And I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. Come on, man. Dogs. Why can't they just get along? And, you know, he just didn't pay Max much attention and this and that and blah, blah, blah. So uh, yesterday I get a, a call from my wife, and Shannon's been bitten. <laughs> What? By the new dog. Yeah, well, apparently uh, the the kids decided we're going to give them raw hides. You know, they don't know shit about training dogs or what to do, except for watching Cesar Milan on the National Geographic Channel. And uh, so they give them bones. And uh, first of all, that's a no-no. But they were nice and calm and this and that oh no sorry let me back up the first night was Monday night because we just brought them home and I said no podcast because we had to observe what was going on and it seemed like they were going to be fine but then it came to bedtime and we tried to put him in a crate and he just flipped out he just started howling and whining Uh, well that's not going to work so my wife had to sleep downstairs with the new dog and I slept in my bed with the old dog. He slept in his little bed. You know, he's got a bed on the floor. And uh, it was a very stressful night because the dog would try to come upstairs and he's just he's just nosing around. Just and put the, him on a leash and have it attached to yeah, the couch or yeah, something. Yeah, I know. So I noticed that uh, he's definitely not like Shepherd. He's something else. So I started looking online. Turns out he looks exactly like a red bone coon hound. There you go. And the way he barks, he's got the bay like a bloodhound. Um, so he's kind of a cool dog. He's got something wrong with one eye. Like I don't know if he's hit with a golf club or something in it, and it it busted it or whatever. But the white of the eye, it's like he's got a scar going up towards the iris. Um, so I don't know if he's blinded or not. We haven't taken him to the vet yet because we have to wait till he heals. Um, and uh, so yesterday I get this call from my wife that my my son and daughter decided to give them rawhides, and then they realized their mistake, and they picked them up and they put them on the table. And my daughter wanted to do something. My son thought, "Oh, they're calm now. I'll just go ahead and put some rawhides down." So he does. And as soon as you do that, the young dog wants to go over and take the one from the other dog because he's like, well, that must be better. He's really getting into that one. I I want that one, too. So he goes up and my dog, Max, starts growling at him. And uh, my daughter comes down and goes, what what the hell are you doing to my son? Uh, We're not supposed to be giving him these anymore because they're not acting right. So my son grabs the one from the new dog, which he was fine. He, he let him take it. And he walks over to my dog, Max, 
And as he's trying to get the other one, this dog follows right behind and sees that this bone is available on the ground since my son took the other one that Max was chewing. And my daughter runs in and goes in and snatches the bone. And at the same time, the new dog dives for it. And Max just lunges at him and starts snapping at him. And my daughter sticks her arm in there to separate him and got caught by the bottom tooth of the new dog, whose teeth are like a quarter inch longer than my dog Max's. So I said, yeah, I don't know about that. And they're all like, no, it's okay. It's okay. It's fine. Um... So I said, "Look, if they can't get, you know, Listen. if they can't get along, they're done. So we're going to give it at least till the weekend and we have a friend who has five dogs. <laughs> she has two Rottweilers, a pit bull, a boxer, and a pug terrier, and they're all show dogs. Uh she, she works with dogs. She's really good with dogs. Um So I said to my wife, I'm like, why don't you reach out to her? Because apparently you guys didn't plan this out very well. You decided to bring a new dog in the house. You don't know what the fuck you're doing. And I'm the only one that seems to be able to, you know, as soon as they hear my voice, they both scatter. They don't know what to do. Um, And he's already jumped up on the kitchen table and snatched, tried to snatch a butter packet. Um, How was he last night? Uh, he wasn't bad, but my daughter slept with him, and Max slept in... I don't know where he slept. I think he slept in our room again. So my thing is, you know, you had two dogs. Did you crate them all day, crate them at night? Yeah, we well, we got them as puppies. Um, so we crated them. Crate training for housebreaking works like a fucking charm. Yeah. The first couple of nights, they're going to whine. You just got to tune that shit out because you let them out after they whine and you're just telling them, yeah, yeah fucking whine whenever you want yeah. something. Uh, so that's the... I can't even remember if that went pretty well. The thing about uh, the dog we got from the... W- that we rescued, I don't think he whined at all because that's the environment he came from. He yeah. was in a crate with other dogs and then he was in a crate in our house and he never whined. Yeah, well, this dog was in a crate, but he was only there for like two weeks. So, and it looks like he'd been maybe on the street for a while. So he has no training. So he's really fucking stubborn, um, which I don't like. So hopefully we can break him of that. He doesn't seem to growl or anything like that. We were able to put his food down after we make him sit and wait to eat it. Um and then just take it right out of his mouth uh, and take his food away and make him work for it. You know That's cool. Um, but we're thinking maybe with the crate training, we might have to start feeding him in the crate to get him used to. Because I don't think he's been in a small crate. He's been in, like, if you've been at Orphans of the Storm, it's a big, like, fenced-in, it's a pretty tall, they could stand on their hind legs in there and then they have a little door to go outside, so they they can go inside and outside ah, all they mm-hmm, want. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's it's not freedom, but it's definitely not, uh, and they're not getting a whole lot of exercise. But it's m- more than they would at that 
like they have at uh, the right, what, what's called right, right, way, right rescue. way rescue. That's just like a regular dog crate almost. Yeah, I have some uh, relatives that I see on the 4th of July, and they bring their dog, and the dog's fucking out of control. They have no control over this dog. Yeah. And when we all want to go on a boat ride, I just jam my dog in a crate, and I'm ready to go. Yeah. They can't do that. They can't put their dog in a crate. <laughs> so one of, them can't go on the, one of them can't go on the boat ride because they got to watch the yeah. goddamn dog. And... Uh, they're telling me that, yeah, we can't. I don't know how you can do that. I don't think you should do that. And uh, I don't I'm think like, you should do yeah. that. I'm just like, yeah, don't tell me what to fucking do. Most dogs right? love that. It's yeah. their little safety area. It's a little den. Yeah, they're pack animals. Yeah, please don't talk to me. Please stop <laughs> talking to me. This is not going to end well if you keep keep on this theme here. Yeah, we. I mean, we used to have two crates, and then we had that psycho fucking dog... Um, uh, Cooper, but anyways, this dog that we have, we've named him Kevin right now, but I'm thinking of calling him Leon for Leon. Leon. Well, he's a red. He looks like a red bone coonhound, which um, he, he definitely is from the pictures I've and some of the research. Uh, red bones are big, though. Well, yeah, they can. They can't. He's only a year, so he's still got a little bit of growth to go. And they don't get full adulthood till they're two. Um, but yeah, they're about twenty-seven inches at the shoulder. And uh, anyway, so yeah, he's he's definitely a mix. But the thing about this dog is he is really fucking smart, dude. He's already trying to figure out how to open the front door. Um, he definitely is. He hits a, he gets a scent and he follows it all over the place. Yeah, like me when I walked in, I smelled my other dog, and he was like, I couldn't even walk downstairs. My he his my heels were hitting his nose as he's <laughs> sniffing me. So you know, Max, he gets a scent of a skunk. He gets sprayed one time. He if he gets one little whiff of a skunk, he won't go outside. That's how he's figured it out already. He's like, I don't want none of that fucking shit. This dog, I could tell, will get hit with the skunk a hundred times. Maybe not, because he hasn't gotten hit. If he gets hit once, maybe he'll Well, maybe. But we saw one uh, uh, coonhound, a tree walker coonhound, it's called, literally scale a six-foot chain link fence like a human and jump over it. I saw another video of one jumping into a tree. I'm like, oh, shit, if we have that to deal with. But now they get this capsule like they inject in his neck or something. that oh, they so can, you can find him. Yeah. 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 GPS, I, man. GPS. I don't know. That's called chip. They chip him. I don't know how we're going to do this. Because when the kids go back to school, then you got to create one of them at least. Just take them back for crying out loud. <laughs> Yeah, easier said than done, Mr. <laughs> Stand there for four hours at a One hey, Direction concert. When we went to get Charlie, that we saw like, I don't know, seven or eight dogs that at this one, we just went to the one place, but we'd go like every weekend. And they'd take the dog out and we'd get him in the little crate. They'd set up this temporary crate um, and we'd hang out with the dog for like an hour. You're right. So, a so little, for seven little times, we'd have to say, no, 
not this one. This is not going to happen, and here's why. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Yeah. And the kids would cry every goddamn time. <laughs> and then finally, Charlie, were like, yeah, what do you think? I, yes, I think it's this is a go. And that was after an hour. And that was, you know. Yeah. Who knew that later I would think he was an asshole when he grew up? <laughs> <laughs> but you only said he just jumps on the counter and eats a bunch of cookies. Is he stubborn? Is he? He's not stubborn. He's he's um, yeah. He's just, and the other thing that he just barks oh. all the time. Like he'll be out in the backyard and a dog will walk. We're on a corner lot. Yeah, a dog will walk by kitty corner. Yeah, like five hundred yards away, yeah. and he'll start barking, and it fucking drives me insane. Yeah. Max will I can't see. Take it. <laughs> no, Max will see a dog ten miles away, and he'll just go mental. Dog, person, you name it. Somebody mowing the lawn. He goes crazy. So that's why, um, and I'll talk about Charlie later, when I talk about how I saved somebody's life, John. Yeah. Yeah, that's exciting, isn't it? I saved somebody's life. Actually, Charlie did. Yeah. But I gave Charlie the opportunity to save somebody's (laughs) life. (laughs) You're so full of yourself, Claire. All right, so... Uh, Speaking of which, we watched Breakfast Club, me and the kids. My daughter and a co- my son and a couple of the neighbor kids were over and we were watching it. Oh, man. It's funny watching movies like that in front of your kids and they get to the sensitive drug and, and sex parts. Yes, <laughs> yes. And the squirming that goes on. Oh, and then I'll say, if you guys have any questions, just ask your mother. Right. She's right upstairs. <laughs> don't ask me, because I don't know. Shut up, Dad! <laughs> Not even funny. Um, what was the teacher's name in that movie? The principal, Vern, the Vernon, principal. Vernon, Vernon. I saw Trading Places, uh, and he's in that yeah. too. He's he Mr. Beaks, Mr. Beaks. Yeah, <laughs> he gets it up the pooper by a gorilla. Um, all right, John. Moving on then. So, uh, well, let me ask you this. So, you're keeping the dog then? Like, what happens if tonight you can't go to sleep? The dog has diarrhea all over the place, <laughs> and he chews up the couch. Then yeah. what happens? Uh, he's gone. Is it's he? A, really? Yeah. Or is your family going to talk you no, out of that? Well, they they will because they'll clean it up and my wife will sew the couch together before <laughs> I even wake up. Dude, you don't know. You don't know. Because of how I am. <laughs> anything, that's that's kind of good. Anything that happens, it, like, why is the house so clean? Oh, you know, we just thought we'd clean it, you know? And then I find out later... The the dog puked all over the place, and they just brought in a steam cleaner and everything to clean the fucking house. It's yeah, they uh, if they want something bad enough, they make sure. Well, that's good for you because you won't have they, to lift a finger f- yeah, to take care of this dog. That's what I'm saying, right? I don't think he likes me though. <laughs> I come in and... and uh, he leaves? Well, no, I come in and he greets me and he's all happy and everything. But then, uh, you know, I as soon as I yell at him for something, like he... Uh, he uh, <laughs> he started crawling his way up on the sofa. And I go, hey, psh, 
like that, and he stops instantly, and he cu- comes off. And uh, as soon as I he he's laying down, he's relaxing. I got up to get my backpack, and I walked past him where he was laying down, and he got up and moved to get back on the sofa. No, or just to, to get out to, of your to way. Get out of my way. Well, that's convenient. I that's walk nice. into another room. He walks out of the room. You know, Max, he just comes right up to me. As soon as Max comes up to me, though, and wants attention, he wants to be part of it. Right. So I'm thinking I'm alpha, but he really loves the wife because she feeds him. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, that's fine, you know, as long as you can control him. But hopefully he doesn't think, oh, she feeds me. I'll just be adorable and uh, and I'll get what I want. And that's what I'm worried about because the kids have the, the, this tendency to think that that's the good behavior. I'm like, no, it's got to be respect, and they got to earn everything they get: affection, food, toys, bones, a walk. They got to earn it, and then they'll have structure. Structure. That's right. How do you have structure if you can't put them in a crate? Yeah. Got to get him in a crate. I don't know. Well, that's when you put him in the crate when you both go to work. Well, they, had him, in the, all they, they had him in the crate today, and they heard him. He, he was going on for 20 minutes, and Shannon put, I don't know why she did this. She put a sheet over the over the uh, crate, and he grabbed it and d- dragged the whole sheet into the crate <laughs> with him. gnawing on it? Yeah. Next no, time you put him does, in a crate, record it. He doesn't gnaw on anything. He just, like, uh, what would recording it do? So, so you put a, play it on the show. Oh. <laughs> so you get some context He he, uh, he, like, goes and gets people's shoes and brings them to them. Well, that's nice. He, um, what did he do? He found, he went in Nathan's room today, and he dug around all of Nathan's shit in his room and found a stuffed animal. Uh, a little stuffed toy animal and brought it to Nate. So Nate was like, no, you can't have this because it's got the little eyes on it. So Nate like tucked it under his pillow and uh, said no, and the dog was fine, laid down. And then he followed Nathan downstairs, and then he disappeared upstairs, and five minutes later shows up to Nathan with the same toy. <laughs> Nice. So he went up on the bed. He found it. So he's got that hunter prey. We're going to have to do something with that, try and help yeah. him with that. Use it to our advantage. Maybe he'll get the paper for us or something. I don't know. What you do is you, you teach him how to retrieve weed, right? And then you go to <laughs> other people's houses, and he's he's sly like that, right? <laughs> Want to get them to steal their weed? Right. <laughs> What's wrong with you, man? How about just get a beer out of the fridge? All right, moving on, John. Yeah. So, well, you're getting a dog. I'm going to a Las Vegas, right? Yeah. So I'm going out with the Steve and Nick and our other friend John was supposed to go. He backed out at the last minute. And then Nick's younger brother and like 20 guys were supposed to go and they changed their plans. They went somewhere else or they're they're going somewhere else. Which really bummed Steve out because they were like a sideshow, those guys. Yeah. Because, you know, they pick up all the chicks. and So I get out there on Thursday, and I have, I think I have cell reception. But at some point, I, I had no longer have cell reception. I cannot get 
So I walk up and down the strip. I cannot get a goddamn uh, bar. No reception. I, all I get on my phone is searching for service, searching for service. Yeah. So I, I get back to the room and I email my wife and I'm like, did, did the company go out of business? What's going on? I can't get service. And and there was some other reason for it. And then I went online and and so the the companies that the company that used to provide me service now is switched to this other company and they're working on the towers in Vegas and there's gonna be no service. I'm like, Well that's how do I get a hold of these guys? Because I'm staying at Treasure Island and they're staying at Tropicana. How do I get a hold of them? And then yeah. you were sending me stuff, and I, I didn't get it. Yeah. You know, I didn't get it until I landed in Chicago on Sunday night. So I'm like, I'm freaking out. I don't know what to do. Uh, I finally got a hold of somebody on Yahoo Messenger that knows Steve, and I said, hey, do me a favor, text Steve and tell him. I can't even remember what I, oh, I told him, I told Steve to tell Nick to get on Facebook. So then Nick gets on Facebook, but he's all drunk already, and I can't tell what he's texting. And uh, he finally says, well, come to Tropicana. So I walk over to Tropicana, and it was, um, this was the night that uh, the storm blew through uh, in Vegas. There was a big storm, and the uh, Las Vegas Boulevard is flooded, flooded. And I got to walk to Tropicana. And I, I could have taken a cab, but that, that would have taken me longer because the streets are flooded. Yeah. Um, but let me digress. So I get to Vegas. Uh, flight was great. I get on the shuttle. I get to my hotel. Very nice. Get in the hotel. I check in. I get my room. I'm on the 18th floor or something. I walk in my room, and it smells like fucking shit. <laughs> It smells like somebody just dropped a deuce in the toilet, you know? Oh, no. So I'm like, mm, all right, I got I to gotta run some errands, right? Let me run some errands and I'll come back. So I'm running errands. I come back two hours later. I open the door. Same smell. I'm like, okay. So it wasn't the cleaning lady. Yeah, I thought just maybe kinda, it was the cleaning you know, lady dropped the deuce. deuce before she left or whatever. Same smell. So I go down to the front desk. And I'm, I didn't have to wait too long. And and this woman, um, yes, may I help you? And I walk up to her and I'm like, I really don't know how else to say this, but my room smells like fucking shit, <laughs> and you need to give me another room. <laughs> so I told her, look, I got a single. It's a king. Uh, I don't care where I, what the view is. Yeah. I just want a room that doesn't smell like shit. So she laughs, and then she. And now I'm on the 34th floor, and I have a view of the strip. Yeah. Um, and she's like, "Oh, do you need a, a bellman to move your shit?" And it was, she didn't say shit, but now I'm like, "No, I'm fine. I'll take care of that." So I get in my new room, and the new. I, I'm nervous about opening the door. I open the door. Ah, it doesn't smell like shit. Nice. It's, it's just such a fucking just some relief. Jism on the <laughs> bedspread. So I walk in. I open the drapes. I got this great view, thirty fourth floor. I'm looking at the strip. I'm like, this is fucking awesome. So then I get a hold of these guys, and uh, yeah, come over to the Tropicana. So I I walk down the strip to the Tropicana. The streets are flooded. I get to walk by. I don't know what hotel it is, but they do this musical thing with the fountain. And that was cool. 
And uh, I get to the Tropicana, and I walk in, and I'm like, this is a fucking shithole. <laughs> I don't like the casino. And then I make my way to the room. I'm like, how do you... F- how do- My room smelled like shit. I got a new shit. room, but it, Treasure Island... Is a step. It was a couple of steps above the Tropicana. The Tropicana. That is one big pile. Of I'm shit. sure there are worse hotels in yeah. Vegas, but I'm like Jesus Christ, really? Yeah, this place sucks. So we hung out there, and then we left, and we tried to go to. We ended up at the Mirage. They have something called the Foundation Room, which is a penthouse thing, right? But there's a dress code. So there's a special elevator to get up. and then But there's a dress code. And I'm only wearing sandals. And so they won't let me in. And I'm like, well, why don't you guys go up? Just check it out. I'll hang out here for an hour. Like, no, no, no. We're not going to do that. We're not going to go if you can't go. So I'm, ta- I'm talking to the, the security guy. I'm like, all right, so what's the deal with the dress code? I mean, it's fucking 2013. What's Well, we have members. They pay a lot of money. And they complain about shorts all the time. So, and I had shorts on. Yeah. All right, cool. So, if we come back tomorrow and I got my shit all squared away, uh, he's like, oh, yeah, don't, if you come back, I'll leave, and I didn't know this at the time, I'll waive the cover charge. I'm like, there's a cover charge? I have to, I would have to pay you? How much would I have to pay you? To get, oh, it's like 20 bucks. But I, you know, if you come back tomorrow, I'll, don't worry about it. I'm like, 20 bucks? To, oh, Jesus. So we leave there. We ended up somewhere else, and then gambling. Hey, you didn't have the hundreds to lay down, man. I didn't have the hundreds. Nick had the hundreds, and I don't know if he tried to or not, but he somebody may have said something or tried something like that, and the guy was like, dude, I'm not going to lose my job over this. So, no, you're not getting up there. Where I was out there for work like six years ago, and my friend got me up there with shorts and sandals. Like the, the security guys at the floor, at the elevator said no, he told them I was like some guy from Google. They're like, oh, yeah, go ahead. And then when I was up there, every security guard in the place came over and would tell me to leave. And then another security guard would come over and whisper in their ear, no, that's the guy from Google. Leave him alone. <laughs> and then the guy would apologize to me and they would leave me alone. Uh, but <laughs> what? Wait, how do they get you? Wait, back up. That was six years ago. Oh, <laughs> With my friend Manny. My friend Manny knows all the tricks. And Manny's like a guy that everybody likes. Yeah. Everybody, he's just one of those guys. You like yeah. Manny. He's a nice guy. And when he tells you something, he's, you think he's telling the truth. So he told them like I was uh, one of the founders of Google. <laughs> I'm a keynote speaker in neuroscience. <laughs> well, that's the one I came up with, and that worked for me very well. Yeah, um, it so, worked great. <laughs> it's the funniest thing I ever saw. So, but this time the guy's like, look, I'm not losing my job over this. Uh, okay, fine. So then we, those guys like to gamble. They do craps. And I, I really, I don't know if it's because I'm not interested, but I figure Steve and Nick know how to play craps, so yeah. it can't be that hard. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> but I still don't know yeah. how to play. <laughs> you know, you can take the, like the easiest part of the game, which is to bet against the roller. Yeah, but the, nobody uh, at the table likes that. Exactly. Right. That's the most fun. <laughs> Maybe I should do that. I'll just do that uh, next My time. other friend named Scott, he loves doing that. And he loves just like riling the guy up, too. Well, that's what I should do. Oh, oh, 
Oh, so close, dude. Oh, I hate winning that way. <laughs> Walk up to the table and say, hey, so how do I bet against the loser? Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the, the loser. <laughs> the loser. The roller. So uh, <laughs> there's some gambling. Then we stopped at a couple of lounges because they had these live bands. Um, we had some more drinks. And then I think I got in like 3.30 a.m., which is 5 fucking 30 a.m. Oh, here. yeah. So then I... I uh, couldn't do that, man. I'd be in bed already. I go to sleep, wake up, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to check out a pool. I try to get a hold of those guys. Oh, I can't sleep in. I, I'm I'm up at 8 o'clock, which is 10 o'clock here, but I'm... Yeah. I can only sleep like four hours, and I'm up. So I text those guys. I can't get a hold of them, so I, I go to the pool at the Treasure Island, and it fucking blows. <laughs> I mean, it's... It's... <laughs> The Treasure Island is, is my room was okay, and the inside was okay. The casino's all right. The pool is just fucking awful. It's just awful. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I can't I can't go here. So I go back upstairs. I look online, and uh, the one of the best-rated pools is at um, Encore. So I head over to Encore. The problem with Encore is you need a guest key to get... Well, I guess all these pools. You need, a, you need to stay at the hotel to get in. Now, it, it, the place I was staying, Treasure Island, if you didn't have a room key or if you weren't staying there, you could pay 20 bucks and get in. But at the Encore, you can't do that. You have to be a guest at the Encore to get in the pool. And there, so I'm, I'm like, oh, what the fuck am I going to do? But I got there pretty early. So I walked in and the guy's like, hey, where's your key? And I'm like, uh, oh, and I had just gone to the fitness center at Treasure Island. I ran yeah. on the treadmill, so I was kind of sweaty. Uh, and I didn't have anything with me. Like, nothing with me. Um, so the guy's like, yeah, I need, I need to see a key. I'm like, dude, man, I was just at the fitness center. My wife's here. Um, she has all my stuff. Just let me go in. I'll come. I'll get the key. I'll come back. He's like, yeah, just go on. Go in. So I get into the Encore uh, pool, <laughs> and it was so nice. It was clean. The the. the if you go to the Treasure Island, the, the lawn chairs are like the weaved wicker uh, like that from the fifties. I mean, yeah. it's just a, it's a gross and dirty. <laughs> and these are nice and clean. You walk in, the guy gives, he hands you two different types of towels: a striped towel and a, and a solid towel. And they got these misters going, and and there's waitresses running around serving people. So I grab a chair, and I'm just, it was just really fucking nice and yeah. relaxing. And so I'm there uh, for a couple hours, and I'm like, well, I'm going to go get something to drink. So I walk over to the bar, which is at this other pool, which I didn't even know about, John. And there's a <laughs> sign that says 21 and over. And I couldn't figure out the sign. I'm like, 21 and over. Why? To go to the bar? Yeah. Wouldn't they card you at the bar? It's weird. Why? Yeah. That is weird. So I, I walk right by the sign, John, because I'm over 21. Yeah. And I start looking around, and there's boobs everywhere, Boobies! <laughs> Bo- women without tops. And I'm like, what That's the hell is going on? sight. <laughs> so I go over to the bar, and I'm like, uh, yeah, give me a gimlet, a vodka gimlet. So they give me a gimlet. And uh, she gives me the gimlet. She's like, okay, that'll be uh, 1650 and you should see the size of the gimlet. I mean, it was tiny. Oh my! I'm like, excuse God. me. Sixteen fifty. You said just one. It's all I ordered. I only ordered one. I well, I got you. Didn't tell me what type of vodka. So I got you the kettle one. So I went. And, yeah, I went and charged I went and distilled it. some vodka for you. 
what the fuck? I'm like, all right, so let's straighten that out. Next time I get a gimlet, what do I? How do I say? Give me the I, skull in the, the plastic <laughs> bottle. It's a little yellowed from sitting there so long. But that's okay. You know, my mistake. I learn from my you mistakes, right? From your mistakes. So yes. I get my gimlet. And I'm, I can't believe, so I'm, when I'm walking back, I see a sign uh, somewhere else that says, this is a European style ah. pool. So I guess in Europe, yeah. women just drop their tops all yeah. the time. Drop the top. So I go back to my chair, and there's a woman breastfeeding a kid in my <laughs> chair with like all her kids around. Oh my God. And I'm like, <laughs> and you're like, I'm standing there. <laughs> What are you trying to do? With my vodka gimlet. What are you trying to do? <laughs> yeah. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. Is this your chair? I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'll, no, let me get a anus. I'm like, well, you couldn't tell it was my chair. My sandals are under yeah. it. My, my fedora is, yeah. there, is right there. Um, so I was, I was kind of piffed. I'm like, eh, piffed? Yeah. I was kind of pissed, but I'm like, yeah, just get let the fuck out of my Let me see your other boob. But it's it's taking her forever because she's got the kid on her boob and she's got the bag and and I'm thinking, hey, you know the European one is over there. Yeah, Uh, I don't know. Can you take an infant to the 21 and over and breastfeed him? I don't know. So she gets out of my chair. I get back in my chair, but then her kids have chairs next to me, so I got to sit next to her kids. uh, So I eventually I I leave. I make my way back to uh, my hotel. And I go to check out the pool again, just to see if, you know, if there's any action, yeah. if something's going on. And I walked out, and I'm just so disgusted by this pool. Uh, so I leave. I still, I'm trying to get a hold of these guys. Finally, Nick texts me this mumbo jumbo. I don't know what it is. But he says, we're, we're coming over um, to your place or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Okay, great. So here's my room number. Come on over. So then they came over the next night, and, and uh, oh, I forgot to tell a story about the previous night, but maybe some other time. So they come over, and I uh, have a bottle of Knob Creek. One of my chores is I went to a liquor store and, and bought a bottle yeah. of Knob Creek. So I, I have some Knob Creek. I got glasses. I got ice for everybody. And we're just chit-chatting. Uh, Nick has one of his friends there I've never met who used to be a bouncer at the Snuggery, John. Oh, In yeah. Schomburg. You ever go there? Yeah. My my brother in law was a VIP there, and this guy was one of the bouncers. So he had some really good stories about the snuggery. So we're hanging out, we're drinking, and then we went. And uh, one of the plans the night before, we said, "Okay, everybody, dress up. We're going to go to the foundation room." So Steve rolls in. He's got shorts on, and I'm like, "Steve, what the fuck are you doing?" We said we were going to go to the foundation room, and it's like nine, yeah, nine o'clock, eight thirty, nine o'clock. Yeah. Um, I gotta get. I gotta go to the airport at ten. I gotta. My flight's leaving at. Uh, so I gotta be at the airport at ten. And he showed up like a, a fr- early Friday a.m., like one a.m. And then he's leaving Saturday night at ten. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? What? Wow. I, he's barely there. We're like... here to hang. Out. I saw him <laughs> for like three hours the night before, yeah. and then I thought we were gonna. Oh, the other thing I said is, hey, you guys want to go get dinner or something? Oh, yeah, we're really not interested in that. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> so they came over and they drank, and then Steve's got to leave at 10. So 
and then Nick's friend was like, well, I picked up these two wait, uh, well, not waitresses, two air uh, flight attendants yeah. from Virgin Airlines, so I'm going to hang out with them. So then Saturday night, it was just Nick and I, and we went to uh, the foundation room. <laughs> and the guy recognized us. He let us up. We hung out there for a while, and then we ended up at another lounge, and then we gambled some more. And at some point, I said, dude, man, I can't. I got to go to bed. <laughs> and he's like, all right. So I go to bed. I talked to him the next morning, uh, and he stayed up until like 6 a.m. The sun oh, came up. Geez. He was gambling. He went up 1,700 on the craps and whatever. Wow. Um, so he... Before I left, I, I, I was up seventeen hundred on the crap. So uh, before I left, before uh, I got a cab, he he came and met me at uh, this place called Gillies or something. Yeah, but I got in my cab and uh, I went home. So the weather is was really western nice. Western bar. It's one of those western bars yeah. where the girls wear chaps yeah, and, and bikinis. Yeah, there's an electronic bowl and all that shit. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, but the thing I learned about myself is. When I was a bachelor and I went to Vegas, I didn't even notice that Tropicana was a total shithole. Like, I, it didn't even fucking occur to <laughs> you me. You didn't care. I didn't care. Um, it, but it, it, the observation never happened. And as I've gotten older, and, and I think a lot well, of this... Well, back then you had the scent of the bush, you know? Yeah, that's true. Like, my mind was overwhelmed yeah. with other things. <laughs> 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 but I think the other thing is... Um, my wife introduced me to uh, high class hotels, and, yeah. and the concept you get of spoiled. Yeah, you get I know. spoiled. So I've I've gotten spoiled <laughs> at the places we've stayed, right. and then when I you know Treasure Island, I'm like, all right, Treasure Island, that's fine. Um, but this, if I ever go again, I'm staying at this. Uh, what did I say the place was at the pool? Uh, encore, encore, win in the encore. Yeah. They're 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 kind of off the strip. Yeah. They're at one side of the strip, but the it's so clean. The casinos are clean. Did, it's did, so. Did nice. you ever meet up with Reverend Weed's brother? I didn't because my cell phone. Oh uh, right, I, got, I had no service on my cell phone. I'm like, ouch. That's it was just up. a. That was. A, I needed a Xanax, you know. So. <laughs> I mean, that whole thing of trying to just get a hold of those guys. Right. At some point, I was like, I may never even see those guys this Right. Week. I came out to hang out with those guys, and I may be sitting in Treasure Island all fucking weekend. I don't know if you've heard of a pay phone or you Oh, know, yeah. I can call from my room. room. Right. I can call from my room, but, you know, they charge like a, a dollar a minute. You know. Did you bring your computer with you, or did you get Wi-Fi access? I had Wi-Fi, yeah. Well, your phone can call and text via Wi-Fi. It can't. it can't because when I hooked up to Wi-Fi, I went to text those guys and it was it kept giving me like an error. Yeah, I can't send this text. I can't send this. Well, text. you got to like go into your preferences and set it up so you. Oh can yeah, I don't do know it. how to do that, man. Oh Jesus! So because um, when I have that problem, I go to Wi-Fi in the hotel and I can call and everything from my. Uh, well, I, I need to figure that out because I was. Uh, I'm so spoiled and so used to uh, uh, this instant <laughs> communication, and then I had to really think about how how am I going to hook up with these guys. Uh, but so when I do go back, I'm not going to fuck Tropicana, fuck Treasure Island, Encore. That's the place to be. Go for the gold. Go for the gold. Um, like us when we went to Amsterdam, we got the really nice hotel. Oh yeah, 
was where the sweet. bathroom was bigger <laughs> than the bedroom. <laughs> so I haven't, uh, I haven't, I talked to Steve today. I said, hey, let's do lunch. And he's like, I can't do it today, dude. Uh, Fat Musters on Friday, but I'm headed to North Carolina to pick up my son oh, yeah. from camp, so I can't make Friday. So I don't know when I'll see those guys again. Dude. 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 I went, the last time I went to Vegas was years ago for an SAP conference, and I went with my boss and another coworker, and um, <laughs> I had to, like, organize pretty much everything because they had no clue what to do and my boss at the time was you know he's a he's a Lance Armstrong fan he's a cyclist he runs he's a fitness dude um told me crazy stories of stuff he used to do and we get to Vegas and he turns into this what the fuck you know he's a marshmallow he doesn't know what to do so um, the first night we were there, we went out to dinner and we couldn't get in anywhere. We ended up at some place called the Blue Something. We stayed at the Venetian, which is a pretty nice hotel. I don't know if you went in there at all. Uh, I didn't, but I walked by. They it, have an it in, very nice. Yeah, they have an indoor like, uh, like uh, you know those Italian canals where they have the guy. The Italian, whatever he is, driving the canoe around, you know, and singing to you. And it goes outside the building and inside the building. And then they got a part of the building where it looks like you're actually kind of in Italy, you know. And they got little street vendors and stuff. Um, And we found this restaurant called, like, the Water Blue or something. Oh, my God, dude. It was like $45, so I thought, oh, I'll get some steak. It was like 45 bucks. It was like four cubes of steak uh, with a little tiny dab of sauce on top of each one <laughs> sauce. on this giant plate with like some mint leaves. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? And we're ordering stuff, and we order dessert, and dessert comes out, and they're little cubes of different desserts like a a little cheesecake a carrot cake and we get the bill and it's like four hundred dollars for three people wow so i'm like fuck this so so i call up uh the delmonico which is the um and this was like a five-day conference the delmonico which is uh emerald's place and that was the night, that Sunday night, I wanted to eat there that night, but they told me I couldn't get a reservation until Tuesday, so I set it up for Tuesday. So uh, we ate at that little blue joint the first night. The second night, um, I forget where we ate. I think it was just some like uh, buffet or something. And then Tuesday night, we ate... At the Delmonico. And I got to tell you, dude. So, <laughs> this is fucked up. But I got my own room, and my boss shared a room with this other guy. And I'm like, no, I'll share the room with him. You know, you, you're the boss. You're the VP. And he's like, no, no, I'll share with him. You take your own room. Okay, so I take my, I get my own room. 
And I get a knock on the door, and it's the other guy I work with. His name's John. He's like, hey, come on. He wants to go. He's ready to go. I'm like, okay. And he goes, just come on over to our room when you're ready. I said, okay, I'm, I'll be in five minutes. So five minutes, I walk over there. And the bathrooms have the they're huge marble bathrooms. Each suite has like a sunken in like living room. Uh, I walk in, and my boss has the door wide open to the bathroom and he's standing there completely fucking naked <laughs> combing his hair in the mirror I'm like what close the door man what the fuck and uh, I go dude what's up with this guy he goes I don't know he's been doing that shit all the time <laughs> and then I look at this guy John he's like 55 years old and his hair is completely slicked back he looks like a fucking mob boss He's got this black golf shirt on, black pants, black shoes. His hair's slicked back. I go, what's going on? He goes, oh, that's that's Jeff. He he put some shit in my hair. I don't know what it is, some gel or something to make me look cool, I guess. I'm like, you do look cool. You look like a high fucking roller, man. So we ended up going to the Delmonico, and we sit down, and they say, you know, it's going to be a minute for your table, and uh, they knew me. Right, they. I walked in, told them who I was, and we ordered some martinis, and they they take us to our table. And at some point, John had said to the uh, what do you call it, the uh, hostess, "Does my hair look okay?" And she's like, "Yeah, it looks great. I don't know why. I'm just wondering, doing something new." We sit down at the table, and the guy knows something anecdotal about each one of us he he introduces himself to me and by my name he addresses me by my name and then he looks over at my boss and he i can't remember what he said to him and he looks over at this guy john he goes by the way your hair looks fabulous and i'm like fucking a if this isn't a high class fucking joint man so i saw what happened the hostess would engage in some small talk She'd make notes, hand the notes over to the Mater D, and the Mater D would really personalize your experience at this restaurant. And uh, oh, it was fucking great! It was the best steak I ever had, dude. I had a ribeye. I suggested everybody get the Delmonico style ribeye. We got the ribeye. We got a a Caesar salad. They prepare it right there. The guy goes on to talk about the history of the hotel and. You know, we asked if, you know, there's any dead bodies that they that they have to remove. And he says, well, let's just say there are things that happen uh, here in Vegas from time to time. It was just a really great experience. So uh, that night we're, we're done early and my boss says, hey, maybe we should catch a show. I'm like, that would be great. Let's like do Blue Man Group or... Penn and Teller. No. He wants to see Lord of the Dance. <laughs> oh, no, my. Come on, yeah. Really? We end up going to... <laughs> Dude. Lord of the fucking dance. And it was in this theater that held maybe 100 people. It was no big... Oh, my God. It was the most awkward night. Three grown men sharing this little tiny cocktail table the size of my head uh 
<laughs> we're the only three guys together. Everybody else is, it's all chicks or guys and their wives or something. And Lord of the fucking dance. Unbelievable. So then the next night, and this whole time we're gambling in between, and this guy, John, he, he puts in, I don't know, he puts a couple quarters in, and he wins 300 bucks off of a fucking slot machine. Like that. Nice. <laughs> so we go to, uh, this time we're going to go to a Ruth's Chris. And it turns out there's two of them in town. And I tell the taxi driver exactly which one to go to. Because uh, I have reservations there. This motherfucker is driving us for like an hour, Scott. I kid you not. And I'm in the front seat. And you know how you did that thing with the uh, the Muslim driver in uh, in Amsterdam? Yes, yes. Yeah, I went that way too. I went faggot school on this guy. Some Chinese guy, he's driving us around. He can't find the fucking place. I said, listen, it's on so-and-so road. I told him a hundred times, He, I go, call somebody, call somebody. And he's calling somebody on the radio. They don't, they're just giving me the runaround, I think. He finally gets us to the fucking place. And I said, don't fucking pay him, I tell my boss. He's like, no, no, we got to pay him. I go, don't pay him. And the guy's like, dude, you got to pay me, uh, you know, or I got to call the cops. I go, call the fucking cops. I go, you've been driving us around for an hour. We missed our reservation. We are not paying you for an hour of driving. This is a fucking 10-minute drive. We're right around the corner from the hotel. You should only get like 10 bucks. He's like, please, man, please. And my boss paid him and tipped him. Oh, I was I I could not even enjoy my fucking dinner. I was so pissed off. So we leave and we get back to the hotel and as we're on our way to our room, we play slots again. I don't know why, but we play slots again for like five minutes. And this motherfucker John wins another six hundred bucks. Nice. Eight hundred dollars. Bam. He played two slot machines and won $800 on, like, five bucks. That's cool. So that was my last trip to Vegas. Well, I invited you this time, but you had some shit going on. I had shit going on, and uh, I didn't know if I could go that long. Well, next year, let's uh, get more advanced planning, huh? How about that? Yeah. Yeah, because these guys are interested. Well, I'll tell you this: I, I won't be staying at no sh- flea bag fucking hotel. It's the Venetian or somewhere really top notch. Because when I stay top in a hotel, no doubt, man. I mean, I go downtown. We stay at a hotel. It's the Trump or it's the Sofitel or it's uh, uh, the Continental. If you're gonna stay in a hotel, I mean, if it's just you know. Overnight, you need the don't tell motel or something because you're driving to the Grand Canyon. That's different with the family. But uh, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, you know, go all out for Vegas, you gotta, you gotta pony up. Right on. Right on, John. No doubt. All right. So moving on. No uh, let's see. No um, doubt. 
You talked about your dog. You got a gig coming up, John. This yeah. is this Saturday. Yeah, this Saturday at uh, where is it? Excuses. Excuses. I've never played there before. I don't know where we set up. It's Oakton and Wolf or oh, Mount Prospect. Just Oakton. Just Oakton. It's between it between Wolf and Mount Prospect. Wolf and no Lee. Lee and Wolf. Yeah. Between Lee and Wolf. Excuses. Saturday. Now yeah. I'm going to North Carolina. I'll be back on Saturday. Right. And if I'm back on time, I'm going to try to swing by. Sweet. Excuses. Yeah, and then we're playing out in Woodstock on the 3rd of August and then back here to town the 16th of August for the Lee Street Lee Sports Street. Bar. Good That's a walk. Friday night. You could walk over there yeah. from here. Yeah. And did you get that Beacon gig squared away? Uh, I don't think we're going to do that again. No? That place sucks. Oh, okay. That that place is a shithole. Shithole. Like it's the too, you know the, the big giant pole in the way. Come on, man. Really? What a stupid design that place is. That is stupid. Uh, and they didn't really treat us real well the last time we played. So, all right, John. Moving on. Before we get to movies, you saw a movie. Yeah. Uh, uh, Zimmerman. The big Zimmerman oh, verdict yeah. came in. Yeah. Did you follow the case? Yeah. And the Zimmerman, what did you think about the verdict? Well, I think the uh, the media blew the whole thing way out of proportion. I, it's really hard to tell if it was racially motivated. Like, yes, race is involved in this whole thing, but was it racially motivated? The fact is, this guy killed a 17-year-old kid. That's a problem. He's walking around with a gun. Two things I learned from this case that I I think I learned was you pick a fight, you start losing a fight, you shoot somebody, and then kill them, uh, and you can get away with it in Florida. Um, the whole racial part of it, uh, civil rights, there's no way they're gonna they're gonna get that because there was a lot of robberies and some shootings in that neighborhood. So they developed the neighborhood watch. The gun that he got was not to go around and shoot black people, but because a pit bull was roaming the neighborhood and attacked his wife or cornered his wife. So somebody said, get a gun to protect yourself. I do think the guy lied. I think this whole thing of him saying that he uh, he was attacked by this kid uh, is false. I think he was trying to hunt this kid down and try to be a cop, and and uh, the kid got the best of him because he was scared, and he was losing, so he ended up shooting him, and he killed him. But the fact is, is that he was the only one that could tell his side of the story, and the kid that's dead cannot. He can't tell his side of the story. And the prosecution fucked up the whole thing. It's really more of a, I would think, a wrongful death, involuntary manslaughter. Because it's really hard to prove intent that he literally hunted this kid down to shoot him. Well, that was the original charge. Yeah. And I'm not sure what that's called. But in Florida... Premeditated murder. It's a... But in Florida, they also told the jury that... This is what we're trying to charge him for, but you can charge him for involuntary manslaughter. Yeah. Or you can find him guilty of that. 
So they got some well, the jury weird people shit going are real on. fucking idiots too. Yeah, it started out he was wrong, but then something went bad, and then he shot him. You know, and that I was listening to these people, and I'm like, you are so fucking stupid. And there's only six of them yeah. in uh, Florida. Yeah, so uh, it was. I, I don't know why you need a stand your ground law when self defense is already a law. Right. It doesn't make sense. It's Florida, John. And some woman who fired warning shots over a would be attacker, her husband, abusive, abusive husband, she was in fear for her life, so she fired warning shots, got 20 years. He didn't even get hit by a bullet. Uh, and she got 20 years, and Zimmerman killed somebody because he was losing a fight. Where was this at? The Florida! <laughs> yeah, Florida's fucked up. It's a I fucked mean, up, it's a fucked up I state. I think the majority of news stories that Phil does are from Florida. I mean, and, they're crazy And then you hear people's like, oh, it's, if he wasn't wearing a hoodie, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? Right. Oh, yeah, it's, okay. It's I, fucked up. I see your. I see what you're saying. Uh, he's so dangerous carrying Skittles and a can of iced tea and a hoodie and a hoodie. Whoa, I'm scared. Well, John, do you know who else checked in on the Zimmerman verdict? No. Our favorite, Charles Barkley. Are you ready for that? Are you terrible, ready? terrible? Yeah. Now you had me muted when I was uh, switching my. You're on. I'm on. Here you're we go, on, bro. Here we go, Charles Barkley. Charles, hold on, hold terrible, on. Terrible. Char- <laughs> Charles Barkley. I have to do one more thing. Oh, for the love of Job. Here we go. Charles terrible, Barkley is terrible. going to. Any thoughts on the George Zimmerman verdict? Well, I uh, uh, agree with the verdict. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I feel sorry that young kid got killed, but they didn't have enough evidence to charge him. Uh, something clearly went wrong that night. Uh, clearly something went wrong, and I feel bad for anybody who loses a kid. Uh, but if you looked at the case and you don't make it, it, there was some racial profiling, no question about it. But something happened to change the dynamic of that night. And uh, I know and that's probably not a popular opinion among most people, but just looking at the evidence, uh, I agree with the verdict. I just feel bad because... I don't like when race gets out in the media because I don't think the media has a pure heart, as I call it. There are very few people who have a pure heart when it comes to race. Uh, racism is wrong in any shape, form. There are a lot of black people who are racist, too. I think sometimes when people talk about race, they act like only white people are racist. There are a lot of black people who are racist. And I don't like when it gets out there in the media because I don't think the media has clean hands. I think you're right. Yeah, I, I don't, I'm, I'm yeah, glad you made that yeah, point. Yeah, I don't think the media has clean hands. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I feel sorry that young kid got killed. But just judging by the evidence, I don't think that guy should have went to jail for the rest of his life. Because something happened bad that night, obviously. Yeah, I like what one of the jurors said. They said, they both should have walked away. Yes. Um, and if there's a shadow of a doubt, yeah. there's a shadow of a and, doubt. And let me say, Mrs. Mr. Zimmerman was wrong to, he was racial profile. Absolutely. But I think Trayvon Martin, God rest his soul, I think he did flip the switch and start beating the hell out of Mr. Zimmerman. Uh, <laughs> but it was just a bad situation. Like I said, the main thing I feel bad for, it gives every white person and black person who's racist a platform to vent their ignorance. Right. You know, that's the thing that bothered me the most. Because I watched this trial closely, and I watch all these people on television talking about it. A lot of these people have a hidden agenda. 
you know, they want to have their racist views, whether they're white or black. The bias comes the, out. The bias, it definitely comes out. Yeah. It was a bad situation. We 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 all lost. Uh, and I feel bad for yeah. parents. You don't ever want to see anybody lose you, a kid. You're fucking crazy, Charles. I, I, uh, I agree that there wasn't enough evidence to really, you know, when... When you're talking about murder, it's got to be unanimous, so there can't be any doubt, and that's that's the way the law is set up. But the problem is, is that what they're saying is is this guy basically picked a fight. You know, he says he didn't. You know, he he was just looking for the address. It wasn't his property. Uh, his job is to call the cops and say, hey, man, there's a suspicious character walking around the neighborhood. I've never seen him before. Please, you know, send a squad. And he gets out of the car and then he makes a comment that, yeah, blah, blah, blah. I, I'm following him. And they said, we don't need you to do that. And he says, OK, but he continues to follow the guy. And then he says, well, no, I was looking for an address. Well, you live in the fucking neighborhood. You don't know what street you're on. I'm on the corner of blah, 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 and whatever. Uh, And then there's testimony from the girlfriend that said that she heard, hey, what are you doing here? He heard the dude turn around, you know, Trayvon Martin turn around and say, hey, why are you following me? And the dude saying, what are you doing here? And then the phone went dead. So clearly he was going after this kid and uh although the kid did say i got some crazy cracker following me so that got all crazy because you know we get so offended when people call us crazy crackers scott it's cracker crack crack sorry oh. that's that's what really gets me fucking pissed man oh, yeah i go out of my don't mind don't you be calling me cracker somebody calls me crack fucking racist shit <laughs> um but yeah, I mean, the racial profiling part of it, I think, is the paranoia of he caught. Is that you still? That's not me. Yeah, it is. Come on, really? Stop. <laughs> That's you. <laughs> I'm checking my pages here. I have many pages open, many tabs. Okay, we'll mute you. Yes, mute me. Um, yeah, but uh, where was I? Racial profile. Yeah, well, I mean, it was from paranoia. He actually had f- had caught or called on somebody looking in windows, and then uh, a house was broken into, and some shit was stolen, and a laptop was stolen, and the laptop was recovered because the kid was trying to sell it. And it was a black kid, and it was the one that he identified the previous night, supposedly, that was looking into windows. So in each each uh, incident, I believe, it was a, a black person that was involved in either a shooting or the, the dog thing or the several break-ins that they had in the neighborhood. So your brain automatically thinks, just like everybody else, thinks terrorist as soon as they see an Arab on a plane, you know, um, I don't know if you call that racial profiling. I guess you do, but I think it's just a paranoia, right? I don't know. Who knows? Well, I, I mean, uh, what is it when you, 
when you see a bunch of rednecks fucking talking about. What is it when you go to Target and then you go to Walmart and you're like, Jesus, I can never go to Walmart right. again. Right. <laughs> what need to get back what, to Target. There's some sort of profiling going on there. What, <laughs> there's a certain group of people. It doesn't matter what the race is, but they're identified by something. There's something that makes them unique, right? Is it the color of their skin? Is it how they talk? Is it how they think? Um so I, I imagine there was some sort of paranoia there. He was sick of it. Um, but he has this kind of like fucking hell-bent mentality to, to be a cop. He's going to criminal. He's studying criminology. And he's got a gun. And he goes after this guy. And maybe he thought he was tough because he had a gun. Tough. I don't know. And he thought he could just pull it out and act cool. And... And he was, and he fucked up, but what it's telling me is that you you go start a fight, you start losing it, and if you shoot the guy because you have you're losing the fight, then it's okay. There's no well, wrongful death. If he's black, it's okay. If he's black, right? What if this kid was white? Who knows I don't what know. would happen? If it was, let's say Zimmerman was black well, and the Zim- kid was white. Zimmerman looks kind of Mexican, so I don't know. Maybe he'd be in big trouble then. Let's say the kid, Zimmerman was white. I'm sorry. Was black and the kid was white. How well, do you think it would have yeah, turned out Yeah, I then? know, but you you can't like just hypothesize. You can say it as an opinion, but that really, you were talking about a case where evidence is being put forward and you got to take the emotion out of it and you got to view the evidence that's before you, and you got to make a decision based on that evidence. Well, I know I'm what you're not saying. On the jury, I'm just asking you on the podcast. <laughs> it's not like we're going to uh, overturn this or, or we're going to get a different ruling because I suggested that Zimmerman was black and the kid was white. How do you think it would have played out then? I, I just think it told played you out much differently. I just told you a black woman was firing warning shots and she got 20 years. It you, plays I don't out think completely you mentioned different. that she was black. Oh, well, she was. Black. You did now. Okay, so a black woman shoots bullets in the air, she gets 20 years. Uh, Zimmerman shoots a black kid, he gets off. Yes. Right. And that's the justice system in America. Yeah. So there is prejudice, there is bias, there's racial profiling in the justice system. Can't escape it, can't get away from it. Right. All right. Yeah, it says, uh, Florida woman receives 20-year sentence for warning shot in air. In the aftermath of the Florida versus Marissa Alexander civil rights and justice groups began to form a movement. I got the gist of it. Yeah. Was her husband white or was he black? Uh, Alexander is a mother of three and a wife and an allegedly abusive husband, a Florida resident and now a woman serving 20 years in prison for shooting a warning shot in the ceiling of the apartment she rented with her husband. In, 20, in the 2010 incident, Alexander had an altercation with her husband, Rico Gary. Suave. During which she felt that her physical well-being and life were being threatened. Alexander fired a warning shot into her ceiling, not injuring anyone. After being arrested and charged with three counts of aggravated assault with attempt to cause injury to another person with a dangerous weapon, Alexander was convicted and sentenced to 20 years. That's unbelievable. Isn't it? It's unbelievable. And uh, these guys who get pulled over for weed and they're in jail. Yeah. 
It's the privatization of prisons that's causing this bullshit. Because then they make money and they throw it back at Congress and, and they uh, Congress makes these bullshit laws about pot and about, who knows, shooting a bullet in the fucking ceiling is going to give yeah. you 20 years. Alexander and her attorneys claim self-defense and even tried to apply the controversial stand-your-ground law. Under the law, a person under attack has the right to meet force with force to equal proportions. Well, she should have shot him, right? And then he wouldn't have had his yeah, side of the story. Right. Exactly. Kill him and, it, well... And then make up whatever have, you yeah, want. you might have to punch yourself in the face and bloody it up a little bit. He was using the sidewalk as a weapon. That was their attorney. <laughs> and then he, that fucking asshole Zimmerman's attorney told the knock-knock joke. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It's uh, when I heard that, I'm like, what? What the? I guess there's assholes in every profession, right? Yeah. But you think you would make it uh, to that much visibility in in an attorney? You would be a little bit more professional. But I guess not. And I see that every day at my work. I'm like, where's the professionalism? The fuck is going on? Yeah. All right, John. Moving on. Movies. Before we get to movies, you saw a movie. <laughs> I just want to talk about something that came on Netflix. So I talked about the movie This Is the End. Seth Rogen. Yeah. James Franco. Um, uh, who's the guy from uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall? What's his name? Um, you know who I'm talking about, yeah. right? Yeah, he's in it. Um, and it, it, uh, so then... When I'm looking, not researching, but checking out the reviews of that movie and the trivia, I noticed that all these guys were in a, uh, got their start in a TV show. You Do you know what TV show? Buckle. Yeah, that's him. Do you know what TV show? Um, yeah, I think I know. Freaks the... and Geeks. Oh, yeah, right. So that's on Netflix. It just came on yeah. Netflix. So I've been watching Freaks and Geeks, and it's really good. It was made in 1999. Yeah. But it's about the 80s, John. It's about, like, the early 80s in high school. Like, when we were in high school. Yeah. That's what it's about. Um, and it's about a sister and a brother. The sister is a straight A student, but she starts getting involved with, you know, the burnouts, the freaks. And her little brother is uh, a geek. He hangs out with geeks. So that's where they get the title, Freaks and Geeks. And it only lasted one season, but it's really good. It's really funny. I watched some a little bit before I came over tonight, and I, I was laughing out loud like I've never laughed in a long time at this <laughs> a TV show, John. Yeah. Uh, one of, The gym teacher is Biff from Back to the Future. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So if you have an opportunity, check out Freaks and Geeks. You're a gym teacher. It's out of sight. I'll have to check that out. And then before we get to your movie, John, check. one more thing. Oh, fucking A. <laughs> Dude, I have to go to sleep. I understand. Uh, did you hear about the Freddie Mercury bi- biopic? Biopic? Biop- biopic. <laughs> you got it right. Biopic. Did you hear about that? I and heard who's that. Who's going to play uh, Freddie Mercury? Yeah, I heard Sasha Baron Cohen yeah. is not going to do it. He's not going to do it anymore. So no. he was he was lined up to play it. But he's not seeing eye to eye with members of Queen who have script and director approval over this movie about Freddie Mercury. So the the issue they're having is Queen wants to make it a PG movie. 
They want it to be PG. Right. So what is the, what do they want it to be? Like uh, Sergeant Peppers with the Bee Gees? Yeah, I guess. Uh, so Freddie Mercury's like, I'm sorry, uh, Sasha Baron is like, hey, I thought this was going to be R-rated, a tell-all centered about, yeah. about this guy who was gay. Well, he was bisexual, but he was, he was a really talented guy. And I thought that's what it was going to be about. And they're like, no, no, uh, we got to keep it PG. So he, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen is like, yeah. We got to keep it PG. <laughs> Fuck this. I'm out. Yeah. Um, uh, Robert De Niro is involved somehow. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's playing he's the out. drummer. So who else are they going to get? Who I are they going to get? Jim Carrey. <laughs> in a PG movie? Yeah. Who would be interested in that? He could do those teeth. Oh, John, and the other thing we missed, big news. Uh, do you watch Glee? Glee? No. The big star of no. Glee, Corey, I don't even know how to pronounce his last name. He's found dead in Vancouver of a drug overdose. And the kid on the show, the kid looks super clean cut. Yeah. The guy he plays on the show is super clean cut. Yeah. And here he is, he's a fucking drug addict. He can't get a, He tried to get rehab. He's dating the uh, one of his co-stars. I think they were engaged. And he's in Vancouver, and... Uh, That's fucked up. Does too much blow. Dead. I mean... Uh, Dead! What are the opportunities... You're an actor, and you get this opportunity, and you basically... You're Why did the monkey life. fall out of the tree? Uh, I don't know. Because he was dead! <laughs> and, and you blow it on, on dope. It's like Lindsay Lohan, yeah. and then... That's uh, not dope, man. Uh, you can blow a lot of money on dope and you'll never die unless you die of smoke inhalation. Oh, right, right. Uh, uh, hard uh, whatever he was on. <laughs> hard whatever. And, and then he got... Goofers. Uh, He's taking goofers. You sound like an old man now. What are you on, the weed? <laughs> you on the goofers, the marijuanas? You got Lindsay Lohan going down the same path. And then now Amanda Bynes. Is yeah. that how you say her name? She's going out of her fucking mind. Why don't they have... I would think at a minimum you'd have a family or a support group that would pull you out of this shit, but I guess not. I don't know. You get all that money, and then you're like, what do I do? I'm bored. I'm not doing a movie. I don't have a regular job, and I got tons of dough. Start a podcast. That's what right. You do. All right, John, moving on to the movie that you saw. The movie. Well, who cares now? <laughs> It's like four in the morning. No, no, I built it up, man. Uh, yeah. I built it up. A lot of anticipation. I saw Pacific Rim. And? It was awesome. Awesome. It's a Guillermo del Toro film. Um, It's a science fiction film. It's basically about these, they're called the Kaijus. They're colossal alien beasts. It's, it's like... Uh, uh, Godzilla meets uh, the Transformers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the kaiju are these these alien beasts that come up through the ground, through the ocean floor, through an interdimensional portal, and um, and they just fucking they're huge. They're they're giants, and they wreak havoc and start fucking everything up. So the military built um, what are called Jaegers. And Jaeger is, I think, hunter in German. Um, And the Jaegers are these giant robots that equal these 
these uh, kaijus in, in size. But th- they can't be piloted by one man because there has to be a brain link to the main computer on this this robot, and it's too much for one person. So two people have to come together, uh, and they call it drifting, where their minds meld and they link and they share some the mental load of this machine, but they also kind of know each other's memories and all that stuff. So it's it's a very personal link. You have to be kind of um, a matched to somebody who you're going to drift with. Uh, and it's and part of the themes in the movie is to break down those racial barriers and all that stuff. Because in the end, it was really everybody had to work together to battle these monsters with these homemade monsters. And more and more of them start coming out of the out of this portal, and they have to figure out a way to shut it down. And this group of bureaucrats tell them that the the Jaeger mission is for shit. You can't do it. We're going to try something else. And the lone marshal of the of these Jaeger missions decides, "Fuck that! I'm going to." start my own program we're going to salvage these old machines and um we're going to go on and find a way on our own how to conquer so they became like rebels the rebel force if you will um there's kind of a part in towards the beginning of the movie where um i don't want to give too much away but one of the the jaeger pilots loses one of his his drifted pilots and that sends him kind of spiral spiraling down but then they bring him back because he's such a great uh pilot and the movie's really cool i mean you want to talk about comic book thrown up on the screen that's what this is and the way they you would hate it because there is a lot of the shaky camera you can't understand what's going on but in this kind of film because these these beasts are so large you couldn't get an idea of the scale it would look like a godzilla movie where everything looks fake and godzilla looks rubber you know uh if if you pan way back so you get more of a perspective of if you were standing up against one of these things because and and that would gives you more of how fucking big they are the special effects are insane in this film, and sound sound good. The sound is ridiculous. But the only problem I had is my son and I. I said, "Hey, you want to go see this movie?" He goes, "Yeah." So we decided to go out to have some lunch and go to an early show. So we got there at like noon, had a lunch, and then we got to the theater for the film at one thirty. And we get in there, and we get perfect seats right in the middle. We're about three rows up. Nobody's around us. What do you know? A group of fucking five guys go instead of going into the aisle in front of us, the row in front of us, they go into our row and they sit right up next to my son. So they got like a shitty vantage point from the aisle and then five people in. So I'm thinking, why the fuck wouldn't you just go in the row behind us or the row in front of us? It's just weird to me. 
So then, a few minutes later, the movie's already going, and three people end up right behind me and my son, and they talk through the whole fucking movie. Now, this is a one thirty show. There must have been 20 people total in the whole theater, and these motherfuckers got to sit right behind us and talk the whole time. What were they talking about? The movie? I have no idea. And I kept looking back at them, and I just hate that, because then I... I can't concentrate on this film that I paid 10 bucks for uh, that I really want to see because these motherfuckers can't keep their fucking mouths shut. And if I had a basketball, I would have whipped them at one of their heads. <laughs> uh, they were so fun. And they were young, you know, and annoying. And they would see me and they'd be like, oh, oh we got to stop talking, man. It's cool. Then all of a sudden, hey, oh, did you see so blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what the fuck? Where are your parents so I can punch them in the mouth? <laughs> so, um, uh, anyway, so it got some pretty good reviews. I saw that, yeah. What do you give it? How many Normans? What do we give? Four. I, I'd give it about a three. A three? Yeah. Any, yeah. Uh, I kind of want to see it again. Anything break down for you, like from a logic perspective? The- well, there's lots of breakdown of logic. There's There's... No way any of that shit could possibly happen. Well, but that's you, what's so great about it. If you accept that as the the, the general That's premise. what you, you have to. Fucking robots that big walking around? There's no way. <laughs> Seriously? And giant Why aliens not? like that? Why not? I don't know. Maybe we're on a miniature planet. It could be. Or they came from a bigger universe. Wow, you're reaching now. and Maybe the string theory is real. <laughs> oh, no. That's uh, oh, no. That's re- don't be no, ridiculous, this is- John. <laughs> <laughs> well, this movie is really ridiculous. I mean, it goes way over the top, uh, which I love. I mean, you know, what? It, if you can't, it makes all the impossible stuff possible. And you know that. You know going into it, it's, com- it's complete bullshit. It's science fiction. Yes. Um, you know, sometimes science fiction is cool when it's they're using the science in the right way, but it's fiction, like a space movie or something. Um, but when it's science fiction from a comic book point of view, it's going way beyond the possible and taking the impossible and making it possible through special effects in film and and all that which i just love when it's done right and it was done right yeah i thought it was done pretty well i i didn't really get some of the connection didn't like some movies where they do uh a real good job with the uh like that movie um uh what the fuck was it the the james cameron movie that came out a few years ago that revolutionized 3d avatar, avatar. That movie had some real good emotional connections in it, you know? Uh, It had a lot of really cool special effects. It was way over the top. Uh, But at the same time, there was, like, these really great emotional connections between the characters that you felt for them. And this one, it kind of does, but there's it just doesn't quite get there. That's the only part. At least for me, and that could be because of the assholes behind me talking. Yeah, you couldn't pay attention. So, right on, dude. Well, I only saw one movie. I saw it on Netflix. Um, Sharknado. 
Pulp Fiction. Oh, you've seen that before. I know, I've seen it before. I haven't seen it in a while. But John Travolta's performance is so fucking good in that movie. He's just so good in that movie. Yeah. And it's just a really good movie. So well, everything about him, that, the hair, the earring, the suit he's wearing. And then he goes he goes from that and being this suave, cool dude and the dance thing he does. And then he goes wearing that fucking T-shirt and yeah. <laughs> that outfit. That was pretty funny. So if you haven't seen that movie, because we do have younger listeners, John, you got to see that movie. Yeah. Because that's an old movie now. Yeah. It's like, what, came out in 91, yeah. 94? Got a poster hanging on my wall. Though. I'm looking at it right now, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Uma. Uma's in yeah. it. Uh, Bruce Willis. Uh, Ving Rhames. Yeah. Samuel L. Jackson. Really good. No doubt. So, segueing into celebrity news, John... Um, because John Travolta is a member of Scientology. I don't know if you know that or not. Get oh, this, right, John. Yeah. Have you heard this? Lee Remini. You know who that is? Lee Remini. No. She's the one on King of Queens. She's the wife. Oh, right. Okay, yeah, well. And she's had some other roles, like uh, s- small roles in movies. I didn't know that was her name. But she's best known for that. Did you know that she was a Scientologist, John? No. Yes, she was. Keyword was. was. Actress Lee Remini, best known for her leading role in King of Queens from 98 to 2007, has left the church. Her discontent with church leadership reportedly stems from an incident that occurred during Tom Cruise's wedding to Katie Holmes in 2006. Um, Remini, a longtime Scientologist, was fed up with church leader David Miscavige's interrogations and thought modification procedures. Uh, Remini decided to quit because of policies that don't allow parishioners to question Miscavige's management or the reported abuse of members in its Sea Org religious order and forcing followers to disconnect from family members branded as suppressive persons if they choose to leave the church. As for any fear of retribution, uh, she's from Brooklyn. The church can't hurt her. They don't have her family. And that's all that matters to her. So what she just mentioned there, that's cult-like behavior. Yeah. So, And we've been saying that for a long time. I mean, it's a cult. I think uh, Germany said, hey, fuck Scientology. Get out of our country. You're a cult. But they don't declare them a cult yet here in the U.S., Uh, Scientology issued the following statement. The church respects the privacy of parishioners and has no comment about any individual church member. Uh, Let's see. But when I was reading this article, I stumbled across something that I did not know. And it's explosive, John. It's explosive. Uh, This first uh, departed last... uh, Departed. (laughs) <laughs> Her departure surfaced last Friday. Um, so it was Cruz's wedding. Remini asked Miss Cavage why his wife, Shelly, was not in attendance. Shelly, get this, John, has reportedly not been seen by any church member since 2007. But at the time, it was unusual that she wasn't present at such a high-profile event. Remini was told to shut up. As if the question itself was out of line. Whoa. So this the guy who runs the church, his wife hasn't been seen for yeah. 15 years. Hey, what are you Is he looking for her? Is there a missing person yeah. report? 
Um, so this led to uh, Remini uh, writing a knowledge report for the church that included several criticisms of Miscavige as well as other high-level leaders. Uh, her report allegedly accused the church of lying to the press about its disconnection policy and excessive interrogations of members. She was then reportedly ordered to visit the church's flag land base in Clearwater, Florida, for thought modification process and was later forced to rescind her report. Holy shit. Oh, yeah. Uh, So they say she's one of the most down-to-earth, honest people that they know. You say earth? Earth. (laughs) Down-to-earth. Down-to-earth. I have trouble when I measure the earth. (laughs) Uh, It's it's, it's the evening zoo. She remains convinced... Of the value that eventually led to, uh, hold on, uh, she remains convinced of the value of L. Ron Hubbard's work, but no, will, will no longer tolerate the squirreling and human rights abuses uh, by the church. So she still believes the Ron, L. Ron Hubbard bullshit, but Ugh. she doesn't like how it's being disseminated, I guess. So then I go and I find this story. Uh, his wife, this guy, David Miscavige, his wife's been missing since 2006. 2006. She was a Scientologist who was rumored to have led the church's search for Tom's third wife. How about that? Wow. Uh, Shelly set up Tom with Katie. After the crew's breakup, the lovelorn actor turned to his best friend, Scientology leader Miscavige, for help in finding his new wife. Uh, This guy has a notorious volcanic temper. He became irritated with constant calls from crews. As the head of a multi-billion dollar operation, he felt it was below him to seek out a woman for the Hollywood star. So he made his wife do it. (laughs) Uh, her, she's been missing and her status is unknown just before she went missing she f- supposedly filed several job vacancies I'm sorry filled several job vacancies with, without her husband's permission misbehaving Scientologists have been known to be locked up in the hole Yeah, a group of buildings where people are held captive the church denies it exists Miss Cabbage also has allegedly violent, violent tendencies according to another article Twelve other defectors told me that they have been beaten by Miscavige or had witnessed Miscavige beating other church staff members. Most of them noted that Miscavige's demeanor changed like the snap of a finger. Others who never saw such violence spoke of their constant fear of the leader's anger. So far, Shelley hasn't surfaced, but there is a missing persons poster that was put out by one anti-Scientology group. Wow, That's you you would up. think a family member would right do well, that, and then the cops would go, "Hey, producer, producer, let's see her. Where is she? Oh, she's in the shower. What? what how does he get away with that? He just says, "I don't know where she was. She was here, and now she's not. I have no idea." That's fucked up. That, that is, is fucked up. Fucked up, man. Totally fucked up. And you Scientologists, you are fucking whack jobs. So we're on religion now? 
Uh, that was Celebrity. Oh, so, it, 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 Celebrity. celebrity uh, kind of moved in, because it started with Lee Remini, who's a celebrity, right? So I didn't, I didn't know where to put that. I didn't know where to categorize it. Hey, you know, Keanu is coming out with a new movie. What's that? No way. The number two? Johnny no. Mnemonic 2? Online. I need a computer. <laughs> you gotta see him doing it too. Online. I need a computer. <laughs> Your favorite movie. No, 47 Ronin is the new movie. What's it about? It's it's a fictional account of the 47 Ronin real life samurai that uh, in 18th century Japan um, avenged the murder of their master. So uh, he's going to be fighting dragons and... And they're going to make him look like a Japanese yeah, guy? Yeah, but you got to see you got to see the, uh, the trailer because he doesn't... He says like two lines in the whole trailer. <laughs> I guess the acting's that bad. Um, When's it coming out? It is coming out around Christmas time. Christmas, Scott. I'm excited. For yeah, that. yeah. yeah. That's no be way. Yeah, way. I got a full-on robot chubby. Yeah. Thirty-eight minutes. Modular. Thirty-eight minutes. Modular. Why? Uh, you asked about religion. Do you have some religious oh, news, John? What's that? Do you have religious news? Is that why you're asking? Back. Back. Sixty-nine. Okay. So <laughs> I'm sorry. Distracted. No, I don't have any. All right. So we can move on to science yes, news. Yes, we can. Science news. I ran into this story. Science news and my page just refreshed. I had the story and my page just magically refreshed. <laughs> All right, here we go. Unwanted sexual attention drives homosexual prejudice and homophobia. A new psychology study suggests that homophobia among college students is based mostly on the fear of being hit on by the same sex. So lead author from the University of Wisconsin teamed up with this other person from the University of Arizona State, and they published this in the Social Psychology and Personal Science publication. They told, uh, it was discovered there was more to sexual prejudice than more traditional theories suggested. We began exploring the idea of sexual interest mismatch, that the sexual interests of the perceivers and the, their perceptions of the sexual interests of the different sexual orientation groups differed. I don't even know what that means. In particular, that some sexual orientation groups might be perceived as directing unwanted Paging interest toward them. Right. Oh, I saw I'm the, gay. I saw Hangover on the flight out. I had that on my iPod. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was good. Um, <laughs> oh, you got an iPod Touch? I'm sorry, iPad. Oh. Nice. Uh, it was conducted. Conducted. It was conducted. Contutted. With 533 homosexual students questioned on their sexual prejudice. Uh, I'm sorry, heterosexual. I'm getting like everything in this story <laughs> wrong. <laughs> They had their students rate sexual interest in each of the six target groups. Straight men, straight women, bisexual men, bisexual women, gay men, and lesbians. When they they assessed their perceptions to the extent of each of those six target groups, they were interested in heterosexual men and women. (laughs) Homosexual men. (laughs) For the results, the psychologists also used different scores to determine which groups drove the most unwanted attention. And that's where they figured out that men 
express prejudice towards bisexual and gay men, but not bisexual women. Of course not. Because if she's bisexual, you can get her and her friend to come over, right? Right. Crying out loud. We could have wrote this study. Um, Are you a Peter Puffer? It really doesn't explain why they decided that that was the outcome of their study. I, sh- I, re- I should really read these things before I... Uh... <laughs> yeah. Do you suck dicks? <laughs> sir, no, sir! <laughs> uh... Private pile, I'm going to give you three seconds. Yeah, so I don't know where they make this leap to a fear of being hit on. Yeah. Are you afraid of being hit on no. by a gay man, John? No. I'm not. I have been. Yeah. It's flattering, isn't it? Like, I don't go that way, man. Sorry. Hey, you know what? That's really nice. Hey, thank you so much. And if I ever change my mind, yeah. because it is a choice, yeah. I'll let you know. It is a choice! <laughs> yes. If I ever get the gayness... Yes, if the, it rubs off on yeah, me in any way... If I catch it, I will uh, I definitely give you a call. If I do catch it and I don't get vaccinated, I will definitely... Yes. It's You're very the clean, first one I will call. Very attractive. <laughs> I told you that time I was at a wedding and my uh, my brother-in-law's new lifetime partner. We're at my wife's other brother's wedding, and her brother's her older brother's ex-wife was at the at the reception, and she asked her ex-husband to dance, so they did, and the alternative partner um says to me um what is this fucking bitch's revenge or something (laughs) and i said hey dude relax it's cool don't get so jealous no no it's cool i know i mean i had a i used to have a a calvin klein model before him but his dick was only like this. And I'm like, uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> wow. I don't know how you want me to respond to that. He goes, well, your wife told me you're really cool. And I said, well, not that cool. <laughs> you know, I don't go that way, buddy. Uh, it's, it's cool. It's cool. And I was really taken aback. I really didn't want to know about his previous sexual exploits. Yeah, I had a Calvin climb out. He was beautiful, but he only had a dick like this. And, you know, he did the fingers apart, you know, maybe three inches. That's, oh, that's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's trade-offs. It's a lot smaller than my doctor's finger, I'll tell you that. Hey, you'd, you'd love to have him as a doctor. Yeah. By the way, you said he was yes. a Calvin Can Klein. Can you use your cock in my <laughs> ass uh, to check my prostate? Would he happen to be a doctor as well? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> maybe that's what I should ask my next doctor. Hey, is your penis smaller than your hands? Because I'd rather you stick that in my ass to check my prostate. I'm not gay. I'm not gay at all, no. I'm gay. No, I'm not. I'm telling you. Tet-anus. Right on, John. Come on. Who docks? That's right. All right, then. That's all I had. That's all you got. Anything else, John? No. Oh, how about that? Look at that, right on Impeccable. cue. Unless it's the UPS guy. Yeah, is it? I don't know, let me go check. You're going to go check? All right. You got it? Hey, man, what's happening? Yes, 
seen you in a while. Hey, well, alright. <laughs> it's really rude. He just walks yeah. right by me. There's really no acknowledgement. No, no, and then no, even no. when he does gives the news, he talks to you all the time. Yeah. I'm sitting in the same goddamn room right. as him. And he acknowledges you. <laughs> I, it's starting I don't to know. piss me off. Yeah, it's, up, it's upsetting. You should fire him. <laughs> <laughs> fire him, yeah. You ready, Phil? Should we give him severance? Yeah. He gets the same amount. She gets the same amount of severance we get. Nothing. Zero. I'm ready when you are, Jeff. All right. What episode number is this? I missed the last couple. 281. 281. Thank you, John. Now, with your award-winning TPN News, Phil McCracken Whitcomb. Ah! That's first story night. A teacher poked with penis-shaped celery sues principal <laughs> for allegedly allowing her to be stalked. A Melbourne oh, teacher who was God. allegedly poked with a penis-shaped <laughs> vegetable by a pair of <laughs> teenage students is bringing face. a sexual harassment case against the school's principal. <clears throat> the woman allegedly... <laughs> the, the woman alleged a Somerville Secondary... <laughs> Principal Christopher Lloyd, <laughs> the Department Spit of Education out. responded inadequately after two males, year ten <laughs> students, fashioned a piece of celery into a penis. Oh, the pair God. allegedly shoved the vegetable near the teacher's groin during a science class. The woman's the woman's barrister, <laughs> Aaron Edelson, said Mrs. Lloyd told the teacher, Mr. Lloyd told the teacher. Kids will be kids. You're an adult. The teacher was found guilty of serious misconduct last year for failing to treat students with respect after she, she labeled one student a dog and told the class she was going to drown herself. Liz Bennett, counsel for the education department for Mr. Lloyd, made an application to strike out the claim. Miss Bennett said the boys were internally suspended. She added that the teacher was barred from bringing the complaint because of the deed of release she signed earlier this year in regards to the confidential settlement from another complaint against the teacher and the department. The woman continues to teach. The Tribune heard. No word if the boys continue to shape vegetables into penises. Next story time. <laughs> Plans are underway for the first licorice museum in the UK. Surprisingly many, surprising many, who thought there already was a licorice museum. <laughs> Next story time. Like me, I was surprised. I'm Carly Simon, John, she turned 68 just recently. 68, Carly Simon. She's so vain, she probably thinks this news story is about her. Next story, John. That's quick. You know, it's a damn shame when you can't even drive around with some na- without some naked guy body slamming your truck. That's right. Police have no explanation yet for 38-year-old Amos McLean's behavior. McLean was reported in critical condition. Witnesses told police McLean stood naked in the center of Highway 20, shouting and waving tree branches. He then entered a neighbor's vehicle, removed a box of mail, and moved to the center of the westbound lane where he sat down. As vehicles approached him and stopped, McLean got up and approached a Ford F-250 pickup, pulling a travel trailer driven by a 57-year-old Salem man. Witnesses told police McLean slammed his body into the side of the pickup and then punched the rig. As Simpson pulled away, the traveler trailer hit McLean. 
knocking him to the ground. In related screaming naked man news, this is out of Indianapolis. (laughs) A man was arrested early Sunday morning after he found screaming and running naked on the city's west side. Officers were called to the 3400 block of West Washington Street at 12 a.m. According to the police report, when officers arrived, they found a pair of shoes on the sidewalk. They continued forward and found a trail of clothes. First officers found a sack of pair of jeans, and they continued further. And two shirts were located. Police say someone was heard screaming. The officer then looked to his left and saw a naked man running around the parking lot. The 30-year-old man ran toward the squad car screaming and attempted to get inside the locked vehicle. He told officers he had been out with friends and was walking home when he got excited and hot, so he took off his clothes. Officers say this was the second time this occurred in recent weeks with the man. He was taken to Wishard Detention. Next story, John. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hold on. Phil, Phil dropped his paper. Hold on. I'm sorry, John. This is next and last story. Next and Last story. The Lone Ranger, John. Have you seen the Lone Ranger? The Lone Ranger is so dreadful, John. Oh, no. One man injected heroin into his dick. That's right. (laughs) An Albuquerque man faced a judge on Sunday after police said he was caught injecting drugs into his genitals. Police say security at the Century 24 Theater downtown uh, was tipped off that the man was urinating in the bathroom sink. When security found the man, Thomas Ross, they say he had a needle and was injecting something into his groin. Police say Ross had heroin on him when they took him into custody. Uh, What's wrong with people? Ross is facing charges of drug possession. What is wrong? And he didn't get to see the end of the Lone Ranger. <laughs> oh, that's a shame. That is a shame. But that's the news, John. I'm Phil McCracken Wickham with Total Dog Nonsense. All right, gotta run then. <laughs> All right, see you later. Bye bye. Yeah. Later. Later. All right, he's in. He's in out. and out. That was nice. He's in, he's out. No so doubt. So 281, John, you know what that means. 281 right. comes to a close. In the can. John's got a gig this Saturday at Excuses. This Saturday, Excuses. ladies and gentlemen. Most of you live in the UK, so if you want to fly over. What time are you officially at supposed 930, to start? 9.30. to 1.30. Let's see, I got a text. And I will be heading to North my Carolina. my psychotic guitar player. Tomorrow, I'll be back by Saturday, and I might be able to stop by and catch that. Check that out. So 9.30 to 1.30. We're, we're taking the daughter down, dropping her off at camp, picking the son up, and the coming fuck? back. we got to play four hours? Fuck that. They better be paying a lot of dough. A lot of dough. A lot of dough. All right, John, that's all I have. All right. Well, that's it for this week. I'm John. Good night, Scott. Say good night, Scott. Good night, Scott. You're listening to John and Scott. A total talk nonsense.